are listening to Shooter Scoot, the Flames of War Team Yankee Federation NARM and Great World podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pans as flat to the ground, and our dice more often than not managing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at Battlefield Hobbies because Hammy is ordering Lord of the Rings miniatures. If nice dice your vice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, a podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. And if you want to pay for something you can get for free, you can now also become a patron supporter by following the link on the Breakthrough Assault blog. Pay £1 a month for your chance to also become internet famous. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host Duncan Potato Missile Gosling. <laughs> and Lee Makeup Brush Parnell. It's all about the foundation. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to episode 42, The Answer to Everything. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? Well, tonight we're going to be doing our internet famous um, section where we introduce our new patrons. Internet famous. We're then going to go to um, Faces, Bases, Summit, Something and talk about our painting and how we're doing our dry brush January. Oh, and crap. then. <laughs> And then we're going to be doing an officer answers to round up the show. Whoop, whoop. So, so, isn't it famous? Yeah. Our, our lovely, lovely patron supporters who have managed to negotiate their way through our Facebook, not Facebook page, our blog page onto Patreon and are now giving yep. us some money for something they could have got for free. Which so, we extremely appreciate. We do appreciate, you know. We um, do appreciate. The question is sanity, but we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, many thanks out to Nathan Taylor. My man, uh, Nathan. Yep. That was your man, Nathan, isn't it? Yeah. That's weird. I wonder if I get my friends to subscribe and give me money. Well, <laughs> I actually thought about doing it to start with, so we actually had someone that was, you know, on the oh, Patreon. That's, that's <laughs> like getting your mum to like your Facebook page. I know. That's what I thought. I thought, mm, uh, mm, that's like that's like sending yourself a Valentine, surely, at that point <laughs> going. Well, just late days in university. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Signed, Madame Palm. <laughs> uh, Phil Stone, our another patron supporter. Uh, we obviously talked enough about Hungarians, so we need to put more Hungarians in for David Palmer, who has decided to join our patron supporters. Uh, and a big shout out to Jacob Hopkins, um, who also, I believe, has a youtube channel he does he does um, some battle reports on the, um, i do because it has a recall name and i've just now now i now even though i was memorizing it so I, when it came up i know it it was lack of foresight gaming which i which i can i can i can definitely relate to that a, <laughs> lack of foresight in <laughs> writing things down is is that just like flames and just flames yeah, so far, I think he's got like um, six or seven bat reports in there, Flames of War. A lot of Eastern Front stuff, like playing playing against his missus because obviously COVID, and that's pretty much your opponent of choice for most people these days. So, yeah. Cool. Well, well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, helping us put money towards uh, our hosting costs and saving up for some nice new equipment and or an easy escape out of the country uh, to a non-extradition uh, Soviet state. Oh, yeah, we should probably just say hi to the the handler at this point as well, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah. 
Well, we haven't mentioned anything. I haven't mentioned Iran yet. We're about to do that. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Software probably hasn't kicked in to edit that bit of the podcast out for his listening. So. Did Did we work out if that Patreon that, uh, that hadn't actually left any details was was based in Cheltenham? It seems to disappear again now. So I'm, it might just oh. be a weird, a weird. Oh wow! Oh, wow. They it's really, gone they're on to us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's terrifying. That's actually really te- like they disappeared again. Oh god. Back into the warp. Yeah. Uh, faces, bases, something and something. Speaking of Iranians. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pa- I'm painting the Iranians. I'm back <laughs> on the bandwagon. I had a brief, uh, brief break to uh, test out that white on the the Soviets. So mm-hmm. test out the snow camo. Uh, but I am. I've actually varnished today because we've had some clement weather. Uh, yes. I've varnished thirty vehicles. Wow. So did all the decals. Is it decals or decals? One of the two. Decals. We're not American. Okay. Decals. So uh, that's all. So I've got four M60s, four Shilkers, four Scorpions, five BMP1s, two Recoilless 113s, uh, an M577 Command, the BTR Artillery Observer, and then t- 10 T72s all got varnished. And a partridge right. in a pear tree. Yeah, there was a bit of mass, mass dull coat at this point. You, you are incredibly brave, my man. Why? Because varnish is like, that is the ultimate hobby, like, roll of the dice. Is it? Well, if it goes wrong... Well, then you just spray it again with varnish and, like, all the frosting goes. It's fine. It's all right. I've, had, I've, had, I've heard horror stories, that's all I'm saying. No, but I have to, because otherwise they look shiny and stupid, so... I can't have that. Uh, so that that all got undercoated. In terms of painting, so it, at the moment, at, at this very second, I'm painting some recordless jeeps, um, some more Bassage, and two um, jury rigged Maverick Cobras. Hit the brakes. Sorry. I said, hit the brakes. You'll fly right by. Yeah. <laughs> I was inverted. If I was in Top Gun, Goose would still be alive. I'm just saying. Would he? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you wouldn't have got in the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd still be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> that looks really dangerous. I think I'll just sit here. So yeah, I'm back on the infantry again. I got a so this month. Well, well, I think about it. I have uh, painted 36 things. That's you... more than one a day. That's quite a lot, isn't it? That is impressive. So that in that is the BMPs and Shilkers, uh, a pas, uh, Bassage Pastoran uh, form of like infantry blob. So one company of those, four tow jeeps, and then T ten T sixty twos. How do you guys do it, man? I mean, that's. Just... I was going to ask you how many points it is, but it's probably ha- take the number of things and half it, isn't it? Oh, I painted more points. Uh, it's it's not a lot of points. It's so the Bassage are seven points i think for that size uh the tow jeeps are a point each the tanks are a point each uh, and the bmps are 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 1.5 um <laughs> so, so it's not very efficient it's probably yeah it's probably about 20 points which is really really but that is the thing with the iranians it's depressing you there are no high value things you can there's no m1 you can't soak it up somehow. You can't. You can't fudge it. It's just you just got to get on with it. You got to grit those teeth, pony up, and ride that horse. 
Yeah. But um, I'm getting there. Like the, the the good thing is now I can do a whole uh, Bassage company of four four companies of just the minimum size. So I can do a formation of those. Um, nice. So that's always good. The toes actually give me something that I can actually kill something other than, you know, poo armor with. <laughs> um, not Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, poor Winnie Did the Pooh. I've got a Maverick with the side. Yeah. Oh, because the the toes the toes are all right, but as soon as the you know the proper big boys turn up, they're not going to really cut it either, are they? <laughs> Whoosh, bang! Who bother? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a T eighty. Oh no. Yeah, we should probably put out their um, Maverick uh, thing here. It's very much an unofficial rule we've just come up with to represent. What was the real thing, wasn't it, Duncan? You actually it was. something they yeah. came up with. Well, they ran out of toes, which you know is what happens when you isolate yourself from the entire world community and then try and negotiate a war. It's quite hard. Can I buy some ammo off you? No. No. It, it, I think at one point they, they they were down to buying stuff from uh, Syria and North Korea. So, you know... Definitely we, just want to say hello to our GCHQ handler. Exactly. <laughs> it's all, all the all the bad places. <laughs> hello to the, uh, the North Korean desk. We're not yeah, exactly. Or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good evening, Moscow. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, they they I've been reading some really cool stuff um, actually about that. Like, I'm glad I did a T55 objective because apparently there was, I can't remember the exact battle. I have just been reading about it, which is annoying. Um, but it's got a name I, I probably would murder anyway. But they managed to get a T55 across um, a, a massive waterway and up onto a, a berm. And it, and it actually held off the Iraqi counterattack almost by itself. They use it like a mobile point pillbox. Okay, yeah. So I've got a I've got a T fifty five objective. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm glad I did that now. Is that the the really cool Peter Pig one? Uh, it's the Skytrex one. Oh. So it's not it's not too bad. It's but it's it's on fire, obviously, because you know ultimately it's a T fifty five in the world. And of... That is that is the final life cycle stage of a T fifty five. Yeah. And the T fifty five reaching maturity yes. uh, explodes. In a fiery Bridges ball of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got um We were looking at the helicopters, weren't we, yesterday, Lee, with the the ma- magnificently mustachioed um That was a fantastic moustache. It was a glorious moustache on a on a Iranian uh army pilot in front of a cobra. Um he had he had all of the bushy moustache that you could possibly deal with. Um, but yeah, I think I think we were talking about the Mavericks. I think they use them for anti-ship. Missions, I believe so. Yeah, they? yeah. So that, that, so they need some heavier military missiles. So, um, but they need, but they do. Um, I think that some of the mission was driving, not using the F4s, which normally carry the Mavericks. So they use a helicopter as a launch platform. <laughs> that's like quite said, scary. Would that yeah. still have the TV guiding thing in it? So well, their the TV got they are. Um, I believe they were the TV guided version of Mavericks. Yeah, the A, the a, a or B versions of the Maverick. Have I told you my stupid story about Mavericks? <laughs> no. So well, yeah, kid, well, yeah, but I feel it's coming. When I was a kid, I was playing the F-18 uh, Super Hornet flight sim, which at the time was really cool, but obviously now probably looks like uh, Potato Vision. Yeah, um, it's about the graphics. Yeah, got to the mission where you, you know, launched off the ca- carrier and you had to blow up this building with the Maverick. So, yeah, got to the got to the, the danger zone, 
selected the the view of looking down at the little TV display, which has all the really cool buttons and everything. It's all all you know high def put up on the screen. Flew the crosshairs into the building, and uh, every time I did that, it just said game over. I was like, oh, that's that's obviously a glitch or something weird. So yeah, I did it five or six times. You know, every time got to the building, definitely the right building, not the wrong one. Down we go, crosshairs, bang, game over. So I put the game up for a couple of days, came back to it. And then uh, as I was flying the missile down, I thought, oh, I wonder what this looks like in the external view. So I went to external view and saw that, yeah, the, the Maverick missile was tracking directly towards the building, only it was still attached to the F-18's wing. <laughs> we hadn't launched it. So I hadn't actually launched the missile. <laughs> so, yeah, I was flying the missile into the building, just along with the plane. Um, Come so these things work better when you actually fire them apparently no that's not true <laughs> also that's a bit harsh that it said that you didn't complete the mission technically <laughs> you did I'm just saying <laughs> like did, did you achieve the objective yeah well yeah. did you survive if survive's not part of the objective I don't see how they can penalise you for that <laughs> to write to microprose <laughs> yeah, so that was my little Maverick story. Yeah. Lee, what have you been painting? So I've been painting um Heinz. So I think um, I was just starting on the last podcast, so yes. yeah, so um unfortunately my idea of pre shading didn't work because the paint just quickly overwhelmed it for some reason. So um I think. Pardon? They're just not quite big enough. No, it, it, it went in the tanks, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the colour combination or something else has thrown it off, but yeah, it didn't work this time. So, um, I'm just painting them, I went to modulation, uh, do it via modulation instead, which worked better in the green area than in the beige area. And I'm going to try using um, MIG uh, mix shaders to try and give some more definition as well. If you could figure out exactly how to make them work and then tell me, I'd be much appreciated. Yeah, so I, I, I had a little test run by spraying onto a base just to see how they work. So painting on the, the two colours of the um, hind and then um, put the matte varnish on like they tell you to do and then just sprayed it on. Um, and yeah, you can just kind of see the sort of subtle effect it produces straight away. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I'm, I'm just worried I'm not going to get... Um, a straight enough line basically when I'm painting these on their um, hinds because I'm, I'm not that great an airbrusher. So I think from what I could see in the, the the examples they did, it if you do it subtle enough and build it up in layers, it gives a better effect anyway. Yeah. Like that when they went a little bit awry with one light, you know, one pass, so to speak, it didn't really stand no. out. No. So long as on average, I can do a straight enough line. It'd be a, yeah, exactly. But then you don't really, yeah. Do you want a hardcore straight line when you're trying to make it like natural paint weathering? Uh, probably not today. I said, well, one of the things I want to try and do is like try and say follow the shadow, you know, the power lines, and get like almost like get the same effect I was after with the um, pre-shading. So the areas where the two things meet, we get the shadow. Um, it's a witchcraft, see. anyway, isn't it? It does feel like it's some, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's witchcraft. Yeah, so I, by end of January, I should have 
46 points worth of stuff painted. Because I've got the six links already done. I've these eight hinds done. I probably won't get the four Ravel hinds or their um, 225s done, which is why I stretch goal. So. Oh my god, that's that's really depressing. What, how much what? is painting? Well, yeah, and the fact that it's actually worth points. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I, I equaled your amount of points with just, uh, with, with just eight things, yeah. So. Yeah, with just a hind, singular. Oh dear. But yours is, you know, will be really impressive when it's done, Dunk. Honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just got this terrible feeling that it's not going to be very good either. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you spend ages doing something, you put it on the table, and then it just explodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. I wish. Brilliant. I wish I could tell you that I, you know, it'll be all be worth it. It's, yeah. It's fine. It's all right. Or it could end up being like the T thirty fours in Fate of a Nation. Or well, so broken, it's not funny. Yeah, and then you end up having to not use to make it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Words of encouragement there from Eddie. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and just in case anyone's interested, Eddie is available for motivational speaking slots. Um, you can book them through. <laughs> Fez speaks. Fez, Fez speaks the truth.com. Yeah. Talking of Eddie motivation, what, how's your painting been going, Eddie? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, I've done, uh, I think, 90 points of Late Late War. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's uh, it wasn't even on the it wasn't even the on the wheel of fortune. I mean, you know, it's a little bit situational. Really? Yeah, yeah. In that the um, the list is it's a V. Was it V two or V three? Uh, V two, I think. V two list. V two. Yeah, um, and the opponent has to be using a unapproved uh, Japanese. Uh, what do they call it? Unapproved Japanese formation. Wow. How, how does one? How do how do you do an unapproved Japanese formation? There aren't any Japanese formations. Oh, I suppose it's V two. Yeah, V two. Yeah, so it's a U.S. nuclear strike force. Um, oh my god! <laughs> which which is a uh, which is a uh, United States a United States Army Air Force company, uh, and I'll, I'll put it all up on the the Facebook page. But they had issues. The battlefront had issues with the guy doing um, unapproved Japanese intelligence briefings and then sending them as if they were legit. And a load of load of players complain that what do I do if someone turns up uh, with with one of these unapproved things? Um, so for five points, five of your old school points, the headquarters is a ground observer carbine team. So that's one point in new money, probably. So one point. So, so someone had to do it, and you were yep. selected. Um, so to model that, I've got a a, a British uh, officer standing there with his um, binoculars. Binoculars, yep. Looking rather apprehensive and looking to the sky. Um, and I've got a uh, American uh, uh, officer with his pistol and uh, his great coat, who's actually decided at the last minute to turn around and run. Um, Hold on, he's running from a nuclear blast. Yes, which you think is which you think would be you know is a silly thing, but I've, I've, I've one of my role play games I did, someone actually tried to do that. We 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 had this big nuke prop that was counting down from like a minute and we didn't have the instructions about how to defuse it so three people just started running away from the room <laughs> uh, which what, point... did they hide in the fridge <laughs> i don't well. know 
I just started running and everyone had started laughing because it was just so preposterous, the idea that you could run away from a nuke. Um, well, you got as points for effort, I guess. Yeah. Makes yeah, it makes yeah. feel a bit better. You when... want to dock hard, you, of course you can start running. That's a bit of cardio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cardio before the inevitable oh, atomization. Tomorrow. <laughs> my, my glutes are going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> um, and then you get one combat platoon, which is a B-29 Super Fortress, which is 1,495 of your old points. So that's probably about 84 points, I reckon. No, what? 74. Did it, did it have a save and stuff like that? Did it actually have stats? Has it got like a skill rating and things like that and a save? Well, it, the skill rating is reluctant trained because in brackets, it's hard to be a veteran. Oh, because they've, yeah, they've never done it before. Yeah, and also if you're the observer team, it's going to hurt because uh, for the rules for the nuclear strike, it says target any player with an unauthorized Japanese intelligence briefing, roll a die, on a roll of one up, all miniatures within ten feet radius are destroyed and cannot be used in any games for the next two hundred and fifty years. Hold on, ten feet radius. Yep. So if you're at a tournament, you take out the person next door to you as well. I mean, th- th- yeah, exactly. So that would be really harsh, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Some poor Hungarian players like, what the hell? Can you imagine the ETC where two players conspire? One brings an unauthorised Japanese intelligence. Oh, no. And the other one brings a B-29 list. Well, I think you'll find that it doesn't say that the the unauthorised Japanese intelligence briefing has to be on my table. So I'm going to target my teammates one across the room. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. And and then they get out like one of those um, comedy uh, measuring... Like, um, you know, from like PE day when they did the long jump and stuff like that and started measuring out the, the blast radius. Like some sort of oversized 40k blast template. Exactly, yeah. Like, I think oh, there's a little hole in the centre. Yeah. Put it on that player. Um, now, if you could just hold that there, player. please. Oh, the wording. I think you'll find the wording is written. It says target the player. Does um, it? Does it say player? Yeah, target any player using an unauthorised Japanese intelligence briefing. Wow, that's really personal. So you could get the player to go stand next to the two top the top two tables and get them to remove all their models for two hundred and fifty years. Two hundred and fifty years as well. Well, Wow! You you can display them; you just can't play with them because it just it does. That's worse. That's mocking you at that point. Just sitting there. Isn't any games? My God! No. uh, Do do you have to cry like decry something at the same time? Like war is hell, or vengeance is mine. Flash, duck, and cover. So, this sounds like that you got distracted. Well, yes. Well, well yes. <laughs> I've always, I've always wanted to to make this ever since I, I first you know, came across it a couple of years ago. Um, and for my birthday, my housemate bought me a, a subscription to Wings TV, which is a whole streaming. It's basically YouTube for the airplane bits. Oh Jesus! Um, and they had a really good B twenty nine documentary on there. And that's why Eddie didn't leave the room for six months. Wow. Yeah, and then ended up getting a bit of birthday money left over. And rather than buying more toys, I ended up buying a model kit for a fibre off eBay. Which is a toy. Well, yeah, but it's built now. It's painted. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You know. Yeah, no, you're right. Right. I've, the, I've, I've done the, the little observer stand as well, which are two models that were just knocking around in my um, bits box. So, are you going to take this to a tournament? 
Yeah, it's going to be a backup list for Carivery. Wow. So if someone does turn up with an unauthorised Japanese list. <laughs> It'll be so funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. No, the model, <laughs> no the model it's fits, cool. The model fits in the Flames of War stand, but it'll just be in my, displayed in my living room. Well, when they do redo the Pacific stuff, you can have it flying over that, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Be Marines. Mm-hmm. You want to stay at that island? Nah, it's all right. Look. Yeah. Well, it's still a conventional bomber. You know, when they do Flames of War Korea, you can go up for there and get woefully outperformed by MiGs. Oh. Yeah, no, they had to switch, they had to, switch to uh, bo- night bombing raids because daylight missions, they were getting... Getting horrendous casualties. We should bring something World War Two. Well, it has. It's weird because the the gunner turrets, apart from the tail gunner, are um, computer controlled. Mm. So they the the gunners themselves only have like an aiming pistol, and they point that, and the the turret automatically points and leads the target kind of thing. Yeah, mechanical computer. Yeah. Because because it's a pressurized cabin, you can have like conventional cutouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, one of the one of the vets was saying it was fine up until the, obviously mechanical computer's got a bit of a lag to it. When you start trying to take on jets, you just can't. It just wouldn't be quick enough. I just couldn't couldn't get the, the shots. You off. couldn't track fast enough. Yeah. Oh. So they switched to uh, nighttime rings. But yeah, it's a cool airplane. Very cool. Big old Boeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the one thing I, I did that started yesterday afternoon and finished it about well, an hour ago now jeez so, mind you it's silver isn't it is it silver yeah yeah aluminium but I had a can of uh, Citadel lead belcher left over from a Gondorian so I ended up doing that so it's a little bit dark eh? it's, it's just a fun thing it's good fun to just build an airplane model and fly around the room again aluminium aluminium um, the Wheel of Hobby update. Oh, um, yes. So, obviously, I had the um, Black Horse Narm. That's what I rolled. So, I got out the the Sheridans, three Sheridans. I thought, oh, I'll just get the, the in the box. You've got an M48 pattern as well. So, I'll get the pattern out as well, because I might as well build the extra one. Um and it started off fantastically when I figured out that for the three Sheridans, I had four left tracks and two. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, uh, that's uh, Battlefront. As I say, I think if you've been part of this hobby long enough, that that will happen to you at some point. Yeah, it's just how it is. Luckily, with the Sheridan, the or at least the, the model of it, the only difference between a left and a right track is there's a slight the the trailing. Uh, idle uh, the idler wheel slightly further back than it is forward. Um, so, so you uh, think you can flip them then? Yeah, yeah. By filing down, by filing down the the the, the locking lugs, um, I was able to use the one that should have been on a left track on a right track, and you can't tell. I'm looking now, and I can't tell which one's the old one out. Oh, that's good. Which was the first thing. That's cool. Okay, you know, but then the I used to like, I used to love the metal and resin tanks. I'm sensing about, and then the plastic. But that was before the plastics got to the latest generation. Have you been spoiled? I've been spoiled. I mean, these things were just the the miss the the smoke launchers are separate pieces that needed filing and twisting back into shape. 
the the there's a the command the driver's hatch is separate but it's a reason the other sharing of this is weird recessing so you're trying to get a, a weird yeah. shaped bit of metal into another weirdly shaped bit of resin no i can i can appreciate that the frustration level was high and then i looked at the uh the machine gun copula which is one of the distinctive features of the sheridan the, the the commander's uh coax not coax pintle mounted at 50 cal has got a big shield on the front as well as on the sides as well as oh, the, yeah. the rear of the turret hatch yep um, i know what you, it's like the um the m113 yes yeah yeah, yeah. But all of that is white metal. So you first uh, oh. white metal 50 cal, the scale barrel, which is just there. But also that 50 cal is on a single pivot point, which, you know, the full size one isn't a problem. But when it's tiny, it is. It's a tiny little bit of support metal. And all that front uh, bullet shield hangs off of it. So that's, gonna, that's not going to be a problem at all. That's no. That's going to be fine. So that's going to be a bit of an issue to get around. That's not going to break ever. You know, I I can fix that. And then I realise that the back, the back turret basket shield doesn't actually work with the way they've done the hatches open. So with the hatches open, it doesn't fit inside that massive back piece. It doesn't fit outside either. It's the same width. Really? Yeah, it's it's not great. Much. I mean, if you love it, it's going to be worth it. But my is heart that, was... is that a moulding thing? I don't know. It's, it's okay. just I've had a look at some of the pictures. Yeah, you know, what they've the way they've done theirs in the examples differs to how they do it in the instructions. Okay. Yeah. So, long story short, I've got them built apart from the the capelers, which I think I'll deal with later. Um, and I've built the M48 pattern, which I've now, which is what I'm painting now, actually. Um, so they're all sprayed up, and I'm painting that. I'm going to finish the pattern, and then um, that'll be that bit done for the Black Hawk stuff. Because Black Hawk down. To be Black Hawk down. Yeah. Or Black Horse, even. Black Horse down. Pattern's cool, though. Big old beast. Big old. Um, it's a chunky bit of red. resin, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's chunky monkey. Uh, definitely worth putting the the magnets on these things as well. With the turrets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did them for my Israelis. It, it helps. Yeah. So, uh, I like the, I, I do like the fact that all of the the Sheridans and the pattern are all swimming with stowage. That's a shame. Yeah. All the turret bins are already full. There's extra rag. Yeah. Um, extra bits taped on the outside and hanging off everywhere. So they're fantastic models in that respect. Just a little bit of a couple of couple of weak points in the Sheridan that I'm not brave enough to, to fight against just now. Is that the same Sheridan model as they use for the um, Team Yankee range? I believe Correct. so. I believe it's used unchanged. Okay. I just wondered, because obviously that's the, that was a NAM yeah. box, wasn't it? I wonder if it's, it's probably Actually, not been Looked up before the podcast because I was curious that in fact gunshield was just a NAM thing, but actually the Gold Four ones have the same gunshield round their round their own command attach. It's one oh, of really? my yeah, it's one of my favourite um, micro machine models. Hmm. Was the that... it had this fifty cal armored turret box on top? I was gonna say I'm assuming that's for protection from when you're firing the the fifty cal. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the the pattern has a feel, a, a, a sealed traversable yeah. cupola. Yeah, it's got a little sub turret, hasn't it? Yeah. Because um, they realised that people were sticking their heads out to operate these machine guns because they needed them because there wasn't any other tanks to shoot for most of it. Um, and getting getting picked off, so they developed these as countermeasures to that. Should have just got a good old fashioned remote controlled one. Exactly. So if you ever have a time traveller, go back and tell them to A, run them in platoons of four, and B, <laughs> you know, make a very simple, 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 like imagine if you're building this in one to 144 scale, how simple would you want it to be? You have to change the design to that. But, um, yeah, should get this pattern done, and at least that's the, in spirit, if not the wording of the rules, a unit done. <laughs> So does that mean you got to spin again? Yes. If you're ready. Oh my god, you got it right. You got it now. I've got it here, man. That was the best part of the podcast. It's the only reason I keep getting you guys to record more, so I can spin on this wheel. It's addictive. (laughs) The addictive wheel of Fez. Oh my gosh. Flames of what early? Oh. Okay. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Where's the early spinner? Oh, no. with desert or something so you can actually like no, paint I, I know what it's going to be I know what it's going to be oh Ooh. okay British Expeditionary Force Matildas oh really that's interesting can you do the infantry Matilda well, well, the one with the machine gun it's both Matilda 1 yeah. it's Matilda 1's and Matilda 2's now the, this project is actually tabletop ready. Because why is it on there? Because it's a list of things. So I think gonna leave it up to you guys. I can go back because it, it's literally it was rushed, you know, tournament style. Because I took it to Devices. Yeah. Uh, to the one that I think Clacker ran back then. Okay. So it's it's you know it's three colours base that kind of thing, but it could probably do some TLC going back and actually adding some washes and some shading and some finishing bits. Or right. do you want me to spin again? No, we'll stick with that. Yeah, tighten up's just as good. Because I had a dream that it would come up with Japanese, and then you guys would make me do the bloody cavalry unit. Well, we wouldn't make you. We just you know <laughs> keep, keep mentioning it until you cave like a how <laughs> Yeah, that's how it works. That's what friends are for. Oh, I could do the toes, I guess. I haven't done those. What, the toes? Well, in early, early war. Early war. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got the QRF 18-pounders. Oh, not toe twos or toe ones. No. You mean, no. You mean can you a imagine, lorry. Can you yeah. imagine hitting an early war tank with yeah. a toe missile? <laughs> would it, would it oh. actually go through it before it detonated? <laughs> Oh yeah, so I mean, I've seen a tow versus a, a pickup before, and so you got to think the pickups probably slightly more armoured than than um, most uh, most early war tanks. So it probably probably be okay. <laughs> this is fine. Say it'll probably be okay. <laughs> I mean, the missile will probably be okay. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think there'll be much left. I mean, even if it didn't explode, it'd still be uh, a giant dart going through something, wouldn't it? Punk, and you're dead. 
great for you, Matildas. I had Matilda ones, Matilda twos. Had the um, the twenty, yeah, the eighteen pounders, which I've got the Morris trucks. I can oh pay, yeah, which haven't, yeah, yeah, which I haven't. They're in a box still. Mm-hmm. So I get those built up. Is it the Morris? Is it quad quad toes? Yeah, yeah. the Morris artillery tractor with the six. Yeah, so I can get those built up and painted for for this and go back. But I also had the um, the territorial rifle platoon with the motorbikes. Oh, oh nice. god! Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, they were really good fun because they kind of whiz forward. And then, and then tie down one of the flanks whilst the rest of the Matildas trundled up and tried to catch up. <laughs> tried to catch up, yeah. Well, the trouble we had, it was. The, it was fine until you got into assault, because the Matilda ones had a have a four inch tactical move. <laughs> so if you lose an assault, you can take a tactical move to get away from the enemy. But you can't get a range. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, it was one of those things where oh dear, your, your maximum move means you're still technically within four inches because you can't move over four inches because you got a four inch move. So are you so captured? Yes. Yeah, so ended up discovering that halfway for a game and going, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. That kind of sucks. That does uh, unfortunately make sense. But then they never ran away. Um, Why? Because they were just British and awesome. They never ended up. Dog. Do, we ne- do we never run away? Is that is that a rule? Yeah. Is that a national so rule? Stay there and get game. Well, I was rolling good dice that day. Uh, but I still lost the mission because the opponent had so many uh, T26s that the holes filled up the street. So I literally couldn't drive into the town <laughs> because I couldn't oh get past wrecked vehicles because it clogged up the streets that much. That wouldn't happen in V4. Um, this was V4. This was V4 conversion. But I thought Rex didn't... Yeah, Rex just drive through them. Yeah. You can't... Oh, yeah, this is before they did that hole where you can park on top of everyone else's models. No, no, no. You can still drive through them. They're just... Yeah, but... Yeah, I like, so yeah. We're a four-inch four move. You can't... So you can't clear them. Can't not yep. end up in a model, yeah. Yeah, but there's six tanks, so they're, they're three wide, two deep, clogging the street, all dead. I couldn't drive over the Rex tanks far enough to get across the other side. And where was your ARV? Uh, the what? You could just get a recovery vehicle, tow them out of the way. Oh, the British, saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That'd be fine. That was fun, though. It was a good game. Ah, oh, BF Matildas. That'd be good to get those out. Just try and remember where they're, where they're I was stored. Say, you're going to spend the next two weeks trying to locate them, aren't you? No, I think I know which case they're in, he says. There was an element of doubt in that sentence. There's always. It started, it started off quite confident. I mean, yeah, it uh, did. Yeah. It deteriorated well, as it went I've on. I've had that with many, many things over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll just go grab these. Where's that? Oh, it's in this box. Oh, no, that's not in that box. Wait a minute. That's Wait not right. Wait a minute. But that's one of the through through lockdown. I have been slowly rearranging storage solutions for things and sorting stuff out. So it's been getting slowly better, at least. Yeah, I, I bought some more of the um, inserts actually for the really useful boxes from uh, War Bases for that very reason. Oh, well, for the uh, for the yeah yeah the that, the, yeah make them make each box have two layers essentially. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I've decided I'm just gonna probably pick up maybe you know. 
pour a month type thing and then just start transferring stuff over and condensing down the boxes so there's not so many boxes and yeah, yeah. it seems to be working well yeah I and mean, that's for me that's having those as a storage solution for storage works really well and then to cycle out what you've got in your carry cases yeah when you need to actually take it places yeah yeah see i use them as carry cases as well but the most of the time that's because they're just in the boot of the car yeah i know <laughs> it's really bad. So. they're not too bad as long as, you know isn't is it's all fun and games up until the worst happens and you realize that you shouldn't have been so lazy and you end up dropping it or it slides off a seat or we've flipped the car oh jesus <laughs> there's, there's a cheery note yeah uh, so there's this, this is um happened to a friend of mine where he flipped no the car and had and had his figure case in the figure case apparently the figure case was not done up properly so and he's oh. holding the car with his figures flying around <laughs> like, oh no i think that's so, horrific on all levels and he just it was just probably sitting in the car just laughing because of just how at the end, you know, after it finished, just you're just laughing because it's like yeah, you, know, you laugh or you break down massively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's surreal. Wow. As we were what saying, it was, it was mostly it was mostly um, a bunch of guys with brass, you know, proper brass pikes. It's lucky he didn't actually end up perforated, losing an eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of an insurance claim. When I was working at GW, there was a guy who there was this guy who told the story about the time a a car, a learner driver, uh, did the whole accelerator brake. Yeah, faux pas. Mm-hmm. Uh, put their car through the front of the shop. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh, took out the display cabinet. They came into work, and there was a you know a, a Vauxhall Corsa slammed as the front of their store, and there was just bits and models everywhere. And he said the weirdest thing was on top of the car, standing proud as punch, without a chip on him, was a troll slayer. Of course, it was. <laughs> it's not worthy death. Yeah, so you're only accident. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. only a three door. Make it a five door. Make it challenging. Exactly, it's a Vauxhall Corsa. And you probably looked and went, "Oh, come on, that's a rubbish." <laughs> I can't do that. No one's going to sing. No one's going to sing anything about that. Exactly. <laughs> Rolls Royce or little nothing. Is frankly, it's a... well, he's probably waiting for a Hummer. <laughs> well, you know. Who is it? <laughs> hey. Steady. Uh, the dark elves were the case. Yeah. Uh, although that said, I did find my um, Humvee, thirty Humvee company box the other day. Oh God. Ooh, ooh. So I'm looking forward to putting those on TV and uh, putting those on TV, putting um, Generation Kill on the box set and uh, getting my stowage because they're yep. going to be absolutely festooned. Mm. I'd never seen it. You've never seen it? It's I always, pretty... I've always wanted to see it, but it's, it's just trying to find it. Oh, okay. I'll lend you the DVD. I'll just say, yeah. That's... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get them out. We watch them over lockdown. Get those Humvees sorted out. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's a fantastic season, um, series. I heard good things about it, yeah. But you will want to just make lots and lots of Humvees. You got lots and lots of Humvees, haven't you? Me? I do. Uh, not not as much as Eddie. I've I've got like um, ten, I think. Oh. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve Humvees. I yeah. I think I've got enough for the list I wanted to make, but I've a kind of forgotten the list, and b don't kind of forgotten how many I actually ended up getting in the end. Right. So what you're saying is you need to get them all out, count them. Yeah. Oh, Eddie. Take it from there. Let's see what happens. Um. 
also uh, the one last other bit of hobby i have done uh well two bits sorry is i've for dry brush january which you reminded me about at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. um i found that extra chieftain that i've made a paint uh, made assembled so it's now with the others ready for spraying because a hundred points of centurion uh, not centurions a hundred points of challenges and chieftains is not very many. No. So uh, that'd be a nice juxtaposition against your Iranians. What's that, chieftains? That's that's well, the right number of chieftains. Centurions, at least. Not centurions. Centurions. Seas. Challenges. I uh, yeah. This this beer's pretty good, boys. Thanks for buying it for us. So. Uh... <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the challenges. Yeah, the chal- I don't know how I deal with challenges. Challenges, yeah. You just swarm but, them. Yeah, swarm. There's eight uh, three of them. Just cut them off yeah. and... RPGs? Question I mean, that's what, so what we're saying, the, the RPG, standard RPG is what? Eight tank... It says looking at... Eight tank 17? 17, yeah. So, obviously, Cobham Armour, I may side on a 16. So you fire enough RPGs, sooner or later you get, get double failed. <laughs> just keep... <laughs> Just slamming RPGs into the side of it. Yeah. That'd be like a Benny Hill scene as you try and yeah, drive away. And then I'll chase you, try and get in your rear arc, and you just keep machine gunning stuff down. Eventually you run out of bullets, right? Um, maybe. So during the actual like Second Gulf War, a Challenger 2 end up... I believe it got... Um, Bogged down, you know, it, it got bogged down, and then during an ambush, and they just got absolutely pounded by RPG sevens and a Milan. Um, and it took out every single vision device on on eventually on on his Challenger was disabled. So the gunner's sight, commanders, the commanders, um, per, you know, periscopes and vision blocks, and so just sitting inside of it, and the, the Iraqis couldn't do anything to it to you know to kill it. It's, it's like you know, it's a mission kill at that point because they can't do anything. But the actual crew just sitting inside was basically going, well, this is tedious. Just waiting, yeah. <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting to be reco- waiting for this ambush to finish so the other tank yeah, can wrong. recover them. So, <laughs> but they've got a tea urn, though, inside, right? Yeah. yeah. A, a yeah. boiling vessel, yeah. So, yes, yeah, basically, uh, so you can always have a nice cup of tea while you're having this. Get some, yeah. get some hot food. Whilst you're waiting for the insurgents to leave you alone. And hope they, hope, hope they don't start, you know, start getting ideas about, you know, Molotov cocktails and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's that's me pretty much. That's a good progress, guys. Yeah, been good I, seeing I, our um, readers putting their stuff up on there. Yeah, I think it's it's been a nice distraction for January, considering that the weather's been a bit poo. Um, everything's been a bit bleh. <laughs> to put <it> mildly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is a, a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> Not in, not in that way, not in a you know, Gary Glitter kind of way. Just... <laughs> Great, now on another list. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to be in your gang, Gary. No. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that's, that's participated. I'm not sure what we're going to do for February. I thought it was going to be my Blade Valentine. Oh, yeah, yeah, a £2 for my Valentine. Yeah, all the Valentines in the world. What we do? Valentines. For oh, Valentine's. Okay. So, mid-war Brits, then? Or Soviets. Mid-war Brits, because, yeah. Or Soviets. Might have Soviets. Yeah. yeah. 
Or late war Soviets, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, this is a reconnaissance tank. Snigger, <laughs> <laughs> snigger. Well, yeah. they, they liked it. They liked it in that role. It's, you know, a... Well, that's because their idea of reconnaissance was send someone over there. If they come back and tell you that where where stuff is, that's great. If they don't, well, you know, it's... they're definitely over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. had a chance of coming back and saying, yep, yeah, there's definitely something there. Um, yeah. Let's go, go lie down now if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your tank? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good point, comrade. Well made. Is, it, is that anything Valentine-based then? Yeah, I think so. We're just going to try and flood the internet with pictures of Valentine tanks. Can't I can't see that being a problematic. Yeah, right. I better cover it with the caseworker first, but um... yeah, we'll see what they say. Yeah, if, you say, if, you, if there is anything you want to listen to us talk about, just you know, send in a, a suggestion list. No, no, no. It will have to be a coded message via the Times personal ads. So if you just let us know what the cipher is, that'd be great. <laughs> Please, the version one rule book is a one-time pad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, but they're making notes. They're making notes. <laughs> so they haven't got the budget anymore. What are we on to now? Yeah, yeah. What's um, the answers. Oh, oh. Does he? That means I've got. A, well, now other people answer now. I think every, everyone's answering this. <laughs> everyone's time, answering right? now. <laughs> Guys, the, the questions we put up are purely rhetorical. You don't have to answer them. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that, that did make me smile. It, that is the nature of the internet, though, because one of. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you get, like, on Facebook, you get things saying, your friend commented on this post. Nah, there's, I don't there's, have friends. This in-depth question that someone was asking about a video game, and one, one of my friends just posted, "I don't know." Honest, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe like it's his friend, and that's a joke. I was like, no, complete stranger just literally just posted up, "I don't know," in reply to his question about a video game. At least he's honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> wasn't being mean, I guess. Um, that's true yeah okay so into the nitty gritty Darren Hart asks once you can play games again what would you play first if you could choose any era point level or theme etc I would play an unofficial Japanese oh god <laughs> oh god 1500 points that's a tough question Ooh. I mean, it is and it isn't because to some extent I got partly got we partly got the answer we partly got the answer because we're trying to set up that big game around in the barn as soon as we can humanly do it yeah uh, what's we doing for that uh, Team Yankee I don't think actually pinned down if we're going to do um, some sort of desert game with the Passage versus Challengers or we're going to do um, like Europe. I think we were setting towards Europe to use that river that Mike's been working on. I think on. we're doing yeah. Europe because Mike has European toys. Yeah, and we're going to go. That's why we've been painting these helicopters for, so we can do cool helicopter landings and stuff. Yes. Yeah, we, this is this is where we start pressuring you into painting your hinds up, really. Because we worked yeah. out if, we, if yeah, if you can get yours done, and he can get his other ones done, we can have twenty-two hinds. Yeah, I thought I was bringing the geckos. You bring more than yeah. one thing. <laughs> just, just one. I thought, yeah. I thought I was bringing these. What? What? Just those? 
Yeah, just, yeah. just, just four geckos? Just the four? I'll rule the skies, me. Oh my <laughs> god, how many how many hinds? Yeah. Well, I just thought it'd be, we were trying to work out how much carrying capacity that was. I think I think we worked out something like a, com- a battalion. It's like, yeah, 44. It's 22 hinds, it's 44 stands. Yeah. So that's got to be like getting to a battalion, yeah. Come on, Eddie. A battalion. We could do a whole battalion and they could all get shot down then all the infantry dies and we don't even have to deploy them. All right, Mr. Negativity. Jesus. Yeah, negative ways, man. Wow. Well, yeah. I've, seen that, I've seen that actually happen. We played a, we're played. we playing a 40k apocalypse game up at Warhammer World and uh, a guy bought an entire company's worth of space marines in rhinos and then they uh, they got death striked and didn't actually deploy. <laughs> wow. But that was the old school Death Strike rules. Because I, I painted a hundred space frames to play in this game. I said, well, you probably shouldn't have put them inside the trucks. Jesus. Yeah, no no take backsies, right? No take backsies. <laughs> no. To be fair, we could probably could have fitted them on the board anyway, too many toys. So So yeah, paint some hinds. So that's what we okay, paint some hinds. But helicopters are hard, man. Have you not seen Leash? Lee's struggling. Lee, yeah, he's struggling. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got he's got like twice. How many have you got to paint? Lee, twelve. Oh, twelve. Be fair, I yeah. was over, I was overcomplicating the painting process. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but See? any painting for me is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Just use. I don't even. I was going to say use modulation. Then I don't even know what that means. <laughs> use modulation. Use modulation. What works? Yeah. <laughs> I've got different height stands. Is that the height modulated? Does that count? <laughs> Come on, I twenty-two. About it. Oh, that that was Eddie using his grown-up voice. That was, yeah. Your cave, it's fine. Carry on. The, the back of the pipe, the key. I was going to do the. I'm, I'm more likely to get the T72s out. Yeah, we've got loads of T72s. Have we? Well, I've got twenty-four. Yeah, that's like a fifth of what we need. Well, no, because we've also got how many how many T eighties have we got between us? I think we got fifteen. I got I got um, twelve of those painted. Oh, and I've got eight, so we've got twenty T eighties plus ten T twenty two. I should say Heinz. Well, they're Polish Heinz for you, aren't they? They yeah. are. I might have the decal set. How many can you do with the one decal set? Well, the, the Soviet one does two helicopters. Yeah, I think the Polish one does four. Which might make sense, yeah, because like a, a squad is... That's the maximum, so. isn't it? Uh, Polish Tico set, Team Yankee. Blah, blah, blah. Each of the three contains two national... Because I've got six Hinds, but that's only because I was going to use them for Afghansty. Or Polish Afghansty. Well, originally it was the Soviet Angansty. Right. Did the Polish have Angansty type airborne forces? They had, they had airborne forces, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, that it's not a bad plan then to use them for that. <laughs> well, whether they ever get appear in the game is another thing, but it did happen. Well, like, use the so use the Angansty rules, just painted as Polish. Yeah. Okay. That'd be cool. I'll get the four done at least because I've got the decals for that. <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering that sound you heard was what, Eddie caving. 
two of them two of them are built i know where the others are because i pulled the decals out to give to lee mm-hmm. yeah thank you so <laughs> uh, i'd be all right I'm, how awesome will they look it's the rotor blades that worry me i don't know what i'm going to do about them yeah i don't know I've got mine that are in um, foam trays, and I'm still worried about them. Yeah, because I don't know. Yeah, is there nowhere that that custom cuts like acrylic? Well, sure, somewhere it is. um, But the ones, the ones I bought, and now disappeared. Yeah, not only did they have the custom cut disc. They also had like a laser etch bit, which gave the impression of like the blade moving. Oh, okay. So which it had like blurry. Bit, yeah, like yeah. A, a blur. But it's like I got one of my Cobras. It's got like um like two little arcs in it, basically. Oh, oh, that's really cool. It was, yeah. I really wish I bought more of them. If I don't think yeah, why, why does that disappear. Exist? Why doesn't that exist anymore? It does surprise me. No one else has picked up on it and just gone with it. It's Another like... product for Fez, uh, Fez Hobby Industries. Yeah. You need a laser cutter now. Sell my base bike and just buy a laser cutter and 3D printer. Make no money selling helicopter hind helicopter blades. Well, it sounds like you got two customers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just, like, just the one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I'd like. I'd like uh, four. Yeah. Okay. It's how capitalism works. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Supply and demand. I mean, but Sean Curley's, I just want to play again Team Yankee so I can use all this Team Yankee, the Team Yankee British Force I built last year. Well, and, <laughs> and like literally played nothing more than a 50 oh, point oh, game oh. with. So. Oh, he's, he's gone. He's gone. Come bring him back from the edge. Quick. <laughs> I just want to do hobbies. He's going to go postal. Yeah, to be honest, at this point, I don't care if it's playing <laughs> Rummy Cub. Oh, well, I, I just, there is that, yeah. I just. Well, we, be well nice we, sort out we do. We play. Um, oh, there's one we need more patrons. We can get a decent camera. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Uh, it's not only fans that we've talked about this. <laughs> At this point, I play Cold War Commander. That's how desperate I am just to play. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> no, to Actually, play- that, that could be a question. What, what's the worst set of rules you're prepared to play? At this point in lockdown, <laughs> are we are we at uh, are we at um, oh god, what was it called? The North African campaign, the one that has no how the quality of the pasta for the troops. No god, what was it? The one with uh, it's a, I can't think now. It's completely escaped me. But you had like eight, basically eight fifteen mil figures was a battalion. Oh, rapid fire! Rapid fire! Yeah, are we at rapid fire yet? I, I, I no no frankly <laughs> <laughs> that that might have to involve like nuclear winter or something to before I get to <laughs> want to play rapid fire again. <laughs> well, I My just... God, sir, he's he's on he's uncorked the rapid fire rules. Go to DefCon <laughs> Four. That's it. <laughs> Nothing can save this man. Um, yep. What I was going to say, no, we can play uh, Undaunted North Africa. That board yes. Yeah, so I do want to play that. Because yeah. the only information you guys need is the board state, which I can do with a picture, and then okay. your hand of cards, which there are four of at any one time. Okay. We've got to do this. Yeah, we, we, so, we, so, we, we keep saying we can do this. We need, we need to, yeah, well, we I've do only it. played it myself last week. Well, 
So you're, you're saying you're the choke point for this. Well, there you go. We, we worked out your limiting factor. I am the choke point for many things. <laughs> Is that an OnlyFans site? Yeah, that's, def- <laughs> that's definitely, uh, yeah. yeah. Eddie's choke point. I'm married now. I can't say that anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, it's all right. We'll just bleep, bleep, beep it out in um, post-production. <laughs> we did the beep with the, the beep and the yeah. beep. What's the... I just well, you're you're married. Give it a few podcast. years, or it will. It... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do I want to play? <laughs> I'm just I'm genuinely thinking, right? If I could pick anything, like right around the point. There's a point. I'd want to do Normandy with Shermans and Tigers. Yeah. Cool. Really. Yeah, I think I want to do a Normandy Bocage game on a big board. And then I want to play it through, and then I want to swap over and then play it with the other force. I'd quite like to paint Fate of a Nation again. Oh, see, that's good as well. See, that's still one of my favourites. But I want, to, I, want to, I want to get my Israelis done. It's never the Israeli man. Yeah, my, well, my, Israeli. Early, my early Israelis. Because I've got the M3... Half track infantry in the oh uh, sixty seven Israelis yeah AMXs and all that kind of stuff. That's but pretty cool. It is cool. I'm I'm excited when they come up on the wheel of focus because I haven't done anything for them yet. <laughs> yeah, we see. I think we've um yeah, basically. Case. Literally anything. Literally apart from, anything. Apart from rapid fire. Apart from rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most depressing thing, wouldn't it? You're out of lockdown. Woohoo! You can play games. Yes! We're playing rapid fire. Oh, God! So, so what we end up probably Put doing... Put it back! We're doing a massive game at the barn with all the models in the world, and then we'll forget... We, we won't have realised how, how many of the rules we've forgotten. Well, like all of them. All of them. How's it different to when we normally play? It would take three weeks to well, play. Usually, it's different because usually you know. <laughs> but we usually we know enough to pretend that we know enough to play. Yeah. But this, this time around. Uh, maybe? I don't know. It would just be Eddie making helicopter noises and plane noises in the corner. Again, how is this different to normal? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Silla McCarthy asks, I have a load of US Marines from gung-ho waiting for a paint job. Tips on painting them first and then list advice what you would like to, what you would use to run them at the moment. Mid, late, boy. Any this, ideas? This is screaming you. This is I screaming you. This. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the question is, any tips on painting them first and then list advice, what would you use to run them at the moment? Mid, law, late, war, and any ideas on when specific Pacific stuff will be coming specific pacific yeah i just wanted to read that out because it's quite a funny sentence specific but limited specifically specifically the the limited specific pacific stuff um i can't remember whether that's latest scheduled to come out is it, it oh it uh, appears, i think it's on the list yeah. yeah list but i think it's it's going to be in 2022 at this point because it's not been mentioned at all for 21 and we yeah. know there's been uh, shutdowns in Kuala Lumpur yeah. and things like that. So, twenty one's already moving, moving to the right as uh, uh, project management. Yep. There we go. Yeah, this is going to move to the right. This is going to move to the right. Oh right, okay. So this temporary pause. What does that mean? 
Well, well, you know, you, my experience you know, says it will be eighteen months, and then it's six and a half years later, and then uh, you get a global pandemic, which moves it to All the right. right. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a massive focus, but yeah, they said it was going to come, so it, it will come. I guess well, they've, 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 they've got the models, they've got the models. There's no that haven't, you know, presumably are just sitting there because they've not had massive use, you know. So. I, the limit will be the demand and the the, the focus kind of thing. Um, so, hating them first. Uh, oh, the battlefront things still. Well, they, they they used the camo, didn't they? Like my second infantry division. They had camouflage helmet covers, and then they yeah. had the bone olive drab. Um, Yankee, that's not going to work. Oh, uniforms. Yeah, I'm just seeing if the articles are still on the Battlefront website. Because there's a surprising number of good things on there. But it's just not the easiest <laughs> to get around. Do, 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 do. It doesn't... Oh, oh, and the search box doesn't load for ages. In terms of the rules, I've done an article on the blog. It's one of the ones I actually wrote, Shock Horror, um, about converting the gung-ho list into mid-war American rifles. And do, do you think it holds true for late war? Could you use the same well, late mentality? War, in, my, in my limited historical opinion, um, late, war, late war just saw more of the same, just with Gucci-er specific kit. Because, you know, they just ramped things up and started to realise what worked and what didn't. Mm. Um, yeah, they had more um, amphibious assault experience, for example. Yeah, there, there wasn't much, from, from again, from a limited, you know, watching a box set of, uh, what's the... Pacific. The Pacific box set. And uh, a little bit of reading up here and there about the Iron Hopping campaign. There wasn't much defence on the actual beaches. Not many of the landings were contested. There were some, but a lot of the times, they, yeah, it's not like Normandy where they were sitting there at the Atlantic Wall. They would let them into the island because they knew that, you know, if you've got a Nambu nest sat on a beach, fantastic. Oh, what now? This, uh, the Nambu, the, the Japanese machine gun, light sport machine okay. gun. Okay. I thought you just mispronounced bamboo. Sorry. No, no, Nambu. If you had one of those set up on the, if you had a <laughs> set up on the beach, then um, there's a lot of support on ships waiting to to remove you from the equation. Whereas yep. once you you know if you're a couple of hundred yards in the jungle, you've got a lot more concealment from everything. Um, yeah, right. So I just literally searched for marines in the uh, Flames of War website. The most interesting article is the BP44 armored train infantry car. No idea why that's come up. <laughs> GVX sixty four. Um, oh, that's that's cute. It's coming up with all the alien stuff as well now. Because obviously that's Gale Force Nine, so it's on the same web server. Um, well, by typing Marine in, yeah. Typing Marine in. US company. Would it go to a spotlight? Yes. So the trick is go into the web store, find the article, click the spotlight, and then that'll link you to the 
whole thing about presentation. And then it will take you to the gung-ho page, which is still there. It will say, check out the stuff. There's the Japanese stuff. There's the special rules. There's the forces. Where's the link? Hey, this sounds like um, some heavy, deep uh, investigation work on the uh, Battlefront it, website. It, it's worth it. Oh, wow. They still listed gung-ho on the web store. It's worth it because the articles for the, some of the rarer stuff are still up there. So, like, yeah, the, and also you can still buy them because it wasn't late war, it wasn't removed from the web store. So, like, the right. F4U Corsair, you can still just order off the Flames of War website. So, you can get two of those to represent um, P4E. The, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Thunderbolt Wars, yeah. Yeah. I love the Corsair. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. We, we, the propeller's too big. We can't make the wheels long enough. Why don't we put a big bend in the wing? Oh, okay, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, make this big goal-shaped wing, and then that'll give us enough clearance to put this massive propeller on it. The solution they repeated with the F4 Phantom. Oh, did they? That's why it's goal wing for the same thing. Average di- um, anhedral, dihedral. Um, but, anhedral, um, yeah. So it's always, oh, see, great, great aerospace engineer. I always get them mixed up. Um, but basically, they, they wanted to get that. They had to get. They had to get within a certain size requirement. So it just made it up by average by having that gold wing, but the, um, the F4 has. Hmm. I'm not doing oversized propeller, obviously. But uh. not seeing a painting guide. Although there is one in Gung Ho. So he says, I don't think it's in Colors of War. Mm, uh, I think they mentioned it under the the camo. Section. Oh, but, did they? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the Marines. Forty-five camouflage. Page forty-five. Man looks things up. Oh, they've got the camouflage uniforms they put into Normandy, which I think is the same style. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So make the make the helmets look really cool, and the rest is just olive drab. Is my advice. But I'm not painting them yet, so because they were supposed to be my nice painting project, and I don't do nice paintings. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> That's got waylaid. Yeah, waylaid by everything else. Um, Have you blamed it on COVID yet? No, that's, I think you should. That's, that's that's a chicken way out. That is. I'm only got to my shortcomings. Um, but yeah, look at the look at the the Marines page on the regular assault blog, and I go through. In mid, the reason I chose mid-war is because in mid-war it's still a reasonably competitive force. The big thing that Pacific suffered was is you know obviously the Pacific campaign was so specifically the Pacific that it <laughs> yeah, you struggles. Can't, you can't take it out of context. Mm. It, it yeah, it struggles out of context. Um, mm, yeah, how am I going to take this Yag Tiger on? Well, there's no Yag Tigers in the Pacific, so no one cares. Yeah, your Stuart is a Yag Tiger. Yep. Um, there are some fantastic modeling opportunities, though, for when they, you know, would just cover Stuarts in, in spikes to stop um, people from climbing onto the engine grills and stuff like that. And you can have dogs. Yes, which you can still buy. The, the little war dogs. I'm going to merge those into my uh, platoons, probably. So, yeah, mid-war rifle platoons, because uh, the, the 57 mil was still the anti-tank guy of choice. 57. Well, that like vast, vast overkill, isn't it? For yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did have some armor. It was you know, just wasn't 
it depends which part of the campaign you're looking at. Um, you know, the, the thing that I'm excited about is learning more about the whole the the Burma and the mainland stuff. Mm. Um, and and you know that that's a whole part of the campaign, which is you know it's called the Forgotten War because it really is. But yeah, and uh, just wait. So plenty of time. <laughs> Uh, Quinton Taylor asks uh, well he says great job with the podcast fellas I hear you're big in Canada apparently we are we need to we need to have a listing of where our, our um, patron supporters are from so we can make sure that we are diversifying our portfolio enough <laughs> um, of all the aspects of the hobby painting collecting history gaming and social etc which are the most one which are the ones most important to each of you Duncan, go first because I need to refill my beer from the keg. What's most important to me? Yeah, what what aspects of the hobby is most important to you? God, I don't know. I think at the moment the painting's keeping me sane, but I think for most, well, I think for me it's just an excuse to go speak to like-minded people as well. So playing games, but not not necessarily the point of the game is not playing the game. I'm not. I'm not. Out, I'm not out there to to you know clobber people with the, the hottest list I can I can fathom. I think um, it's just cool cool stuff, sharing cool stuff. So it's the social element as opposed to. You know, I, I think, think so. Yeah, because I, I enjoy the painting. I've I've actually enjoyed the painting more now than I did when I was younger. I used to painting was then an ex, like a kind of means to an end. Yeah, but now it's actually quite nice to paint cool stuff. But I, I'm still, it's still all the kooky stuff that makes me smile or you know motivates me, if you like, like captured T seven T sixty twos. Anything captured, really? I captured mean, and repurposed. So I I got into war gaming. So my dad's a model uh, model maker. Um, but I, as a kid, was very much a case of I made this model, I spent all the time making it and painting it, and now it's just going to sit in a cupboard. Yeah. So the wargaming element gave me a reason to then do something with them, you know, made the model, painted the model, and now it goes and takes part in the game, which then also then gave you the inspiration for what to collect next. So much like you, Duncan, it kind of comes full circle in terms of going, oh, you know, captured tanks or that's quite an interesting thing to including an army and then making a theme around it and carrying on that way. I think that's the, the kind of the, the draw, if you like for flames of war is that it does embrace that whole, Oh, there's only 12, uh, sorry, Sturm tigers that were ever created, but you can have two on your battlefield if you really want to. Yes. Sturm tigers. I think mine are in the lockup, which is a bit. Well, no, I don't think, I think as well, variety is the spice of life with it. That's the other good thing is there's, there's lots of different, projects you can you can do you can throw yourself into and because it's based in history you can actually read around it and that's i always find that quite interesting but at the same time because it's gaming and not scale modeling yeah you know in quotation marks you know official scale modeling like diorama making you know the, the rivet counting is kind of mitigated somewhat where where have you been looking because well, 
I all I <laughs> I just remember some of the conversations I've ever heard at scale modeling events, and nowhere in wargaming has it ever got to that level. I didn't say it was that. I didn't say it was as bad, but there's definitely. Yeah, I say it's mitigated, not not eliminated, mitigated, reduced. All right, all right. Oh, he's got all Judge Judy now. Jesus. I'll rule it. Judge Judy executioner. <laughs> Judge Judy and I wouldn't mess with her. God. The lesser known Judge Dredd sequel. <laughs> if it was Judge Judy versus Judge Dredd, my money's on Judge Judy all day, every day. <laughs> Well, she, she's a she terrifying seventy-year-old woman. I don't. She, I just, she would litigate Dredd into admitting that he'd broken the law, and he'd execute himself out of principle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she'd just be angry and disappointed with him, and that would be enough. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so are you, Duncan? Are you going for social? I don't know. Did, got, I'm, got better. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I refuse to. You have to. I'm making you. Because there's a follow-up question that it requires you to pick one. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. Go on then. Paint social. social. Lee, where are you? Under duress. Um, painting. Always been painting. Many it comes from like growing up. Wargaming was very much a solitary experience because I was in, the, in a village in the middle of nowhere. So getting games was few and far between. So the painting sort of became the hobby, as it were. Even after getting, you know, moving, moving to like university and getting games on a regular basis, painting was just a therapeutic thing. I can quite easily give up gaming, just paint to a large extent. But I must admit, I've had this tested with the whole pandemic thing. Actually, if I actually do miss the game to some extent. <laughs> I was going to say, I blame the people you're playing games against. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we broke Lee. Yeah, probably. He, he made, no longer craves human so, social interaction because yeah. of us. <laughs> no, I think it's the other way around. I think, I think what I found was actually I do miss the gaming a lot more like, between you guys and the rest of my Brighton scene. It's just like the other thing is it's not the games for me. Oh no, no. So I could be going back to the original, like to the other point is it could be Rummy Cub. I mean, it can't be Rapid Fire, but it could be Rummy Cub. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But that whole, um, yeah, I think that's that's the important thing is that, yeah, it's the reason to get together. Yeah. Hold hands. Right? Mm. <laughs> I, I'm going to get, so you're, you're social, Lee's painting. I'm going to go for the history in the way that I really enjoy the way that you can learn it gives you a focus from some from events that are so big. So, historical, the, well, the history of human warfare is just absolutely ginormous. As you focus just on the Second World War, for instance, in Flames of War, you get that tiny little focus of looking into why something exists. And then what happened in these battles? You know, what happened at Bridget Romag and why was it important in the bigger picture? Mm. And and then you kind of learn more about particular units and then you can find out about the history of individual people from those units if you want to go down to that level. But at the same time, each time you've kind of come across something and it helps you learn. You learn, you learn so much more about the bigger picture of, of, of human history 
and, and the way that things are designed and the way that well actually they didn't have the money for that and why did they go off the oil fields well actually you know there's so much you learn about the history just by kind of picking up on one element from a war game yeah you know um so i'll, I'll say i'll say i'll say the history because the follow-up question dun, 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 is what creative ideas would each of you suggest for reinforcing these aspects of the hobby within a club? Oh, oh yeah. It's or painting. So, so we got to take painting, history and social. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what uh, Ned has been nudging us towards. Um, I mean, paint, painting's a fair, I'm going to go first because painting's a fairly easy one. Painting competitions, and escalation leagues where the idea is you do small bits and have painted forces by the end of each phase of the league so you, by the end of it you have a whole painted force this really that's a really simple way of getting encouraged in the painting with the, with the actual um, community yeah i mean you did that bit at guildford haven't you with lockdown yeah so, so specifically years, during lock yes yeah, so specifically specifically specific during lockdown um i've been running uh, our club can't hasn't met at all last year um so our club has well, once it was yeah, yours has got an excuse though well yeah Sorry, the, um, we, yeah we run twisted. <laughs> we run uh our, our, it's a old person's uh day center during the day so that the whole building's been shut um it's really so not a nice way to talk about your members you know I'm just... no 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 they're just horrible horrible individuals um <laughs> they're lovely people who we we've um been running or well, i've been running painting competitions with a very loose theme so for example um the latest one i did was heraldry so that is the theme of the painting competition but you can take that and run with it however you want so if you wanted to paint up you know a 15 millimeter or six millimeter knight with full barding and heraldry and shields yeah that is you paul townsend i'm fully expecting you at some point to post pictures of that um, <laughs> I think he's one I knocked out like one one scale. He's done it yeah. before. He'll do it again. Um, he did a six mil uh, jousting diorama oh, cool. with shield with shields of Manchester, and each shield had its own heraldry. It's, you know, it's, it's insane. He's called Six Mil Paul for a reason, and that's not only because he's three foot tall. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was an example of like. If that's what you want to do, great. But at the same time, if you just want to do your Necromunda gang logo really nice, then do that. Or if you want to, one of the guys who's doing Iron Warriors for 40k, so he's doing his Iron Warriors hazard stripes. It's, it's just a, something to kind of put you together. And at the end of it, we set a time scale, everyone posts their pictures, people get an incentive to share something. It gives, it gives people a bit of an incentive to do it as well. You know, actually, no, I need to get this done within two weeks because. I want to get. I want to enter in the competition, and then we've been using the excess subs to to fund some um, some prizes, prizes just to post out. That's a really good uh, idea, you know. And then it's just a case of kind of people get some hobby done and, and get to share it and talk about stuff because you know people who are good at sharing their stuff would always share their stuff, but the people who don't but are still doing it, they therefore have a incentive to kind of post some pictures and engage in some conversations and, you're, and you'll be surprised how many people will post their work in progress poo-pooing it and saying no this is right you know oh, this is i know it's not very good but in reality everyone else is sitting there spitting their tea out going holy crap he can paint that well mm. have you done the traditional thing though of making sure that the painting prize is like some paint 
No. Or like a paint book. It's that, been, yeah. I've tried, oh. tried my best to theme it, although I have hit peak. So that the winner of the last competition was my old housemate, who's an ardent Space Wolf player. Um, and he absolutely hates Dark Angels. Yes. Yes, do it. And, and the prize was a Dark Angel Space Marine Commander. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I was literally laughing as I put it in the post box. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be funny when it falls through his letterbox. Hey, fallen. Um, so yeah, he'll just convert hey, it. He will. He'll do something with it. But um, no stuff like that for painting um, at the moment. Um, keeping it keeping it loose enough, but also kind of inspiring. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if you say to people, oh, you've got to paint a 15mm British World War II figure, you're not going to get much uptake. Whereas if you say, oh, you can, you know, the theme is command. You know, paint someone who's in command. And in which case, the guy who's got a 15mm World War II figure will go, oh, I'll paint my officers. That'd be really good. Whereas someone else might go, oh, you know what? I want to paint my Chaos Warlord or, or you know, yep. Polynesian Command Canoe complete with flags. Would you like a um, bit of Polynesian Wars? Yes, Polynesian Wars. I have no idea what that is as well, by the way. <laughs> well, I think it's what he does it exactly what he says on the tin, to be honest. I can imagine. But you know. I imagine it with it being a bit like Moana. Well, you say that, but then the Disney lawyers kick in, we we can't legally have to distinguish it from um <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what would you do about the uh, social element of gaming? Then? What at the moment? Well, do two. Do do one in one in general when when the clubs are open, and then also another one. <laughs> when, when people are allowed to see each other. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, I, th- I think running small events. I won't say necessarily tournaments, but events is always good. But that's usually down to a particular game system, and it depends if your club's actually all into that one game system or not. Like you know, there, there are clubs that just play like 40k and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Or Flames of War, and you know, then they're all going to play the same thing at the same time. Tickety boo, yeah, all, fun, all good. But I think if you're going to, I think the other thing you can do as a club is is arrange um, trips to like um, events and shows and things. Yes, nice. that's something we used to do. Salute's always a good one. For that, yeah. Salute's always a good one. And there's what's the one in Antwerp? I can never remember it. A crisis. So there, there, there's a big European show called Crisis, and it's in I'm sure it's in Antwerp in Belgium. And um, yeah, we got over there before, and that was actually quite nice. Like boys, boys holiday. Um, many, many, many a pot of non oil was spilled. Exactly, and you know, you just <laughs> it's just something different. And I think actually, one thing I, I would like to do is, is the, uh, as part of the club is to arrange a trip to like the D-Day beaches or something like that, because I've never been. I think that would be cool, but I've never been over. Yeah. Um, but I think just, yeah, trying to do, like, it's essentially like what you do with your friends. You try and or, or organise some kind of social gathering. We did it once, actually, for the Crawley War Games to get um, to get people involved in sort of cleaning the hut once a year. We had a little barbecue. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. So just something like that. So everyone comes down. You spend the afternoon spring cleaning. Have a little barbecue. Yeah, we did pizza, pizza, rubbish. 
pizza and terrain was our yeah. thing at Guildford. Yeah, same thing. Actually, that's a good. That's a really good idea. Terrain building, because terrains are one of those things that clubs always need. You always need more. You always need more road, unless you're playing back to future games, at which point you don't need road. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, road, hills, uh, river, trees, all of that stuff is pretty ubiquitous. Yeah, especially trees. Doesn't matter if they're 15 mil trees; they're just really small, 28 mil trees. Yeah, or really big six mil trees. So yeah, anything like that where you can get people together. I, I think at the moment it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think it's this difficult for people to stay in touch without. Um, I mean, I think everyone's getting a bit of burnout now on things like Zoom and what have you. Um, just because people are using it in their day to day lives, you know, it's no longer like an interesting little thing where you can go, oh, let's have a catch up on every two weeks on this platform. So because everyone's running their lives through it. I think I think what works for keeping people together is just doing like um, paint catch-ups. So basically, whenever yeah. you're painting, we and we we've been doing this a lot recently on Skype and that between uh, with Ben and Adam. Yeah. Um, it's just basically when you're painting, just log on, and you know you just chat as you're painting, like like you would if you're doing a paint lock in in the shop and that kind of thing. So it's not so much just catching up. You're just all sitting there painting, but you can have a chat while you're doing it. And it's, that's a big boon. I mean, it, it makes a lot of big difference just to... I know a lot of people actually saying, that's good, I, you know, I was just sitting there trying to paint and just couldn't stay motivated. Yeah. Um... Yeah, motivation's a difficult one at the moment because a lot of people are motivated by games mm. to paint. Um, but I think, for me, it's just a way of staying connected in the hobby. At the yeah. moment, the guys in uh, so apparently in, in, in Australia and New Zealand, there's a big uh, Lord of the Rings miniatures scene. Yeah, got quite a few podcasts. And what SBG. they SBG, SBG, Middle Earth. Yeah, um, what they ended up doing is over the first lockdown, they they decided to make segments of a gigantic Minas Tirith game. Oh, nice! Yeah, oh, cool. So somebody made like half the town, another person made the other half, someone made the wall, someone made the Pelennor Fields bit. And they all painted the models and they planned it all out separately so that when they could finally get together for the first time, they would have everything they needed to play the mega event. That's cool. That's cool. So as, as a club at the moment, that's something you could look at doing if you have a shared enough shared common interest for the game. The trouble we have at, at Guildford is everyone plays different stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's not to say that <laughs> there hasn't been a couple of bits of inspiration where someone's posted um, an army and everyone else has gone, oh, crap, you've, you've got all that done. Cool, well, I'll get the other guys done. You know, I'll, I'll do half of the opposing force. Yeah, now that you mentioned it. <laughs> you know, which, I wonder if that was the Lord of the Rings as well. That was uh, Someone got half the forces of Black Gate done. So you're painting up, uh, well, started to paint up elms, he says. Houses. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the one last point the social stuff is one of the successes we've had at the, the Guildford Games Club as well is having a non gaming social night um, where one, one night a month we'd all meet up for a, a, a beer or a, a drink um, at a pub in, in Guildford. Um, and that, that actually helped a lot because you ended up with a lot of people who couldn't make, we did it a different night to the Games Night Club. Yep. We get them by playing games, um, but he ended up people who 
couldn't make the games night could still stay part of the social group and still get a bit of their hobby fix. You'd be amazed how much you end up talking to his soldiers and people. Um, may not work. Mileage may vary. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed by having a, a fantastic group of hobbyists in Guildford. I, I think that everyone's got the same interest. Ultimately, if, if we, whatever toy soldiers you're painting, yes, you, you should be able to talk to someone who paints toy soldiers. Yeah, because you know, even if it's, you know, I used to play Games Workshop games thirty years ago. You've all, we've all got something in common. Yeah, even though I don't play a lot of 40k now, I still know enough about to keep up and you know, ask yeah. questions, that kind of thing, show interest. Yeah. Um, our Brighton ones, like I say, is a very broad church, so it's, you know, it's always something interesting going on. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> broad church, because Dice lives now in a church. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to be honest, and, and one of the one of the things that I've noticed with people, you know, I. I I've worked in the gaming industry and obviously I'm not in the gaming industry anymore, but the people I've spoken to who don't have a gaming hobby or community kind of thing, they, they they've suffered more than most have during this, this period. And yeah, because they haven't had that thing that's completely removed from everything. Well, so I think it's a fantastic hobby crutch for me. That's for sure. Just mm. something I've, I've noticed in North America, actually, is a lot because a lot of people they attend conventions, don't they? And actually, that's their gaming fix. Yes. So they might not have anything locally, but they have, um, you know, they all go to uh, Adepticon or um, I can't think what the other one's called now. Cold War. There's, there's loads of them. Yeah. yeah. So you know, they always go to that, and those are currently in hiatus. So uh, yeah, I think having a community that you can draw upon wherever it is 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 amazing frankly at the moment yeah so uh, yeah look forward to <laughs> where we can actually start playing games again and running a go, event go see go see hammy yeah go see hammy oh i miss hammy he's, he's bought a 3d printer now though so who knows what what we lost him lost him to the 3d printer crowd <laughs> it's, it's good it's pretty good oh my god uh, you know he'll buy enough resin to fill his house and then print enough models that he can't get out his front door and then that'll be it <laughs> so um william uh, sorry bill a scott or william a scott depending on which side of the atlantic you are uh how would you establish a battlefront community in an area that doesn't sell battlefront products and is a small gaming community in the first place in fairbanks alaska population estimated oh, wow. 70 to 100k nearest city is 360 miles away so no bf community that i know of I was hoping to maybe do demo games this summer, maybe make ads for the club, maybe make ads for the club I made, Arctic Theatre of Operations, to post in our local shop. Well, I'm going to give a massive shout-out. If you are in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, listening to this podcast, then please reach out to Bill and uh, the Arctic Theatre of Operations. Man, if we... Playing. Well, if we've, I got see... one, we've got one person who listens in Fairbanks, Alaska. There could be another. You never know. If I had two, two pennies for every, every Alaskan listener we had, I'd have two pennies. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. I've got in-laws <laughs> up there now. In Alaska. Alaska? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Got, yeah, like proper proper wilderness outback. They fly, fly in their little uh, Cessna out to go hunting moose and that kind of thing. Do they go there to escape the wild turkeys? Yeah. No, well, yeah, it's too cold for the turkeys. <laughs> Terrifying. They're still there. They're still outside the back of the house. Even, well, I mean, even in a foot of snow, they're still not moving on. 
Jesus. The sooner I can get her visa and get her over here, you know. Well, a happy awful. fish. <laughs> with with a, a very content fish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just do that. Maybe if she dresses up as a fish and swims into British waters. Does that make her British? Well, it doesn't work um, for people apparently. So <laughs> no. No, they've established that. Pretty, pretty Patel has definitely established that. <laughs> um, so, how do you establish... Establishing a community is one of the hardest things. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. Because, I mean, when I started Flames, I at least had a 40k community I could, like, um, browbeat into playing Flames. So, with no... Yeah, you could try and convert them. To the... That's one of the things about Guildford, is that there are a couple of players... But ironically, I, I tried my hardest with like slow grow campaigns and having terrain and having two armies and all that kind of stuff, and nothing really happened. And then three months later, randomly, a load of people, new new players, just started playing Flames of War. <laughs> like I turned up, you know, knackered because I'd you know been on the job and just there to open up, and wasn't able to, didn't have any models to do myself. I was like, oh, you guys are playing Flames. Where were you three months ago? Um, it. It depends what kind of club you're playing as well, because I mean, like ours is a bit. I would describe it politely as fickle. So we we switch like game systems, like you wouldn't believe, like the most popular one, if if you yeah. like. So, I mean, the with that, you know, you can kind of um, fish hook people into doing it. Mm. I mean, the other thing is you're lucky you've got a shop. If you've got a shop and you can play something and and people, you know, can wander over and and see what you're playing. That's yeah. that's a great advert, especially if it looks nice. I mean, it's, it's trouble. If the shop doesn't support the game, then that's always a tricky one for a shop owner. Uh, uh, that that comes down to yeah. a lot of what what the shop owner is willing to allow and and what can they get out of it in terms of return on in their investment and. But if it, you buy paint and. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Not yeah. Supplies and things like that, you know. The one thing I learned from working in the games industry is no two shops are the same in their logic as to how they approach (laughs) retailing, supporting the gaming hobby. No, no no two shops. Yeah, same way that no two gamers have the same approach to playing the same army. It's exactly the same for shop owners. (laughs) I'm going to buy 300 of these because they're really popular, and by next year they will sell out. Okay. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't think. I think as long as the, they're content to allow you to play there, I don't. I don't think it's oh, a, sure. you necessarily need them to carry the line because you can. Oh, yeah. the, we're we're in, we're in a fantastic age where the internet exists, and you know there will be organisation or you know shops you can you can buy stuff off as long as you're playing and supporting your local store that you know with how 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 yeah. you can. I think yeah. that's that's all good. So, so from my point of view, from starting a community, all it's all about removing those barriers to entry. Um, and like you say, like you guys have said, if you have other hobbyists, then chances are they know about paints and tools and clips and those and that kind of thing. Um, it's a lot easier to get people to transition from another game into planes or team yeah. than it is to kind of go through the whole shebang from the start. I mean, there, there's a reason that Games Workshop has bricks and mortar stores mm-hmm. to do that whole introductory, you know, run a fun game. And a lot of it, 
a lot of people don't understand. You can't explain the feeling of playing a game. You have to do it. I thought GW had thought so that people like I could be belittled and and looked down upon by people that are half my age. Is that not what they're there for? No, no, no. That's that's oh. that's, that, that's that's specifically just for Duncan's. Oh, is that just a side sort of fringe benefit? I don't do that to anyone else. Oh, okay. I remember working cool. there. It was like, you know, we've got the daily email. Have you seen Duncan Gosling? Please be little Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please be yeah. great. Um, I think the other thing that we've done as a club was we actually attended historical events. Oh, okay. So yeah. we went to, there was like an open day at, God, I can't remember what the fort was now. Uh, I can't remember if it was Rye or something like that, and they had an open day. And I, I think one of the members knew someone who knew someone who, you know, yeah. type thing. And um, he actually said, oh, I'm a member of a war games club. We'd love to come and just put something on for the right period that the fort was in operation for. Um, yeah. Can can we do it? We'll bring all of the bits. And, we, you know, we didn't get any members out of it. We had a lot of people stop and ask questions and, you know, just just comment on it, really. I think it's just people don't know what they don't know. And seeing it in oh, real um, time like that. It's the same approach that Asmodee had with the with board gaming. They would go to think they'd go to like scout camps and they would go yeah. to um, like uh, race courses, like horse racing, and run a load of demo games. No product to sell, but you can you know they introducing people to this niche hobby. Yep. If they want to learn more, they'll go learn more. Well, that's it. We we also had um, for the for the huts where we are, they actually have an open day every year. And again, um, that allowed, you know, it's something the council promoted, but they that allowed people to come up and see what was going on in all the recreational huts. Yeah. So even running something like that as an open day for your club and just seeing who pitches by, you know. I think it's great that, you know, advertising is the first step because if, if people don't know it's there, they're never going to turn up. For sure. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. I think the other thing you want to do is make sure you have, um, let's say, Obviously, two armies you can you can demonstrate with. It doesn't yeah. be big, but just um, painted. Though, I would have them yeah. painted. Fully painted. Yeah. Try and have a nice looking table because, my God, a nice looking table will go a long way to getting people's attention. Scenery is more important than miniatures. It's yeah. really weird. I mean, so converting, like I said, a lot of forty k players over to um, Flames of War. One of the things, the big draw was my the Flames of War tables are set up a lot better than the forty k tables. Yeah. It just got people to come over and have a look and try it out. Literally, if you made if if you made a, a you know, four foot board by two foot of a ruined Normandy village that looked absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. and your models were literally just base coated green and grey, you'd get more people come over than if you had award winning models on a bare table. Yeah, yeah, that that would be my advice. It's make a really really nice demo board. And, and run a fun game and roll some dice and just have fun doing it. Don't worry about the rules because the rules are just a framework to, to you build upon as much as that was you like. Um, that's, the old, that's the GW way. What? You just, you know, it's a two up to do it and mm-hmm. don't have to sit there and explain. In, you know, in the introductory games we used to run, it was never a case of, well, this guy's strength four, and that guy's toughness three. 
So yeah. you need a three or more on this six-sided dice. It's like roll some, you know, you get five dice to get the excitement going. Yeah, obviously, really. if someone asks what the why, then you can explain it. But yeah, the important thing is just to get them rolling and say so why is because we want you to win so that I can drain your wallet. <sighs> yeah, it's like I send you on a monthly basis. It's when you get the Hoover out and start sticking it into their pockets to get the loose change. Whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> I'm not sure I endorsed where that was going. What kind of Hoover as well? A Henry or a Dyson? I'm just. It was a Vax. Oh, good lord. Is that why you're anti Vax now? Me? The Games Workshop no. has some sort of deal with Vax. They're watching them. <laughs> we had a Henry. We had a Henry. Yeah, Henry. We had a Henry Hoover that didn't have an internal bag. Right, because that had gone missing at some point in the, the you know during the the, the age of heresy, um, and and one day our boss decided it was a great idea to respray all the hobby tables, but to do it inside the shop because another great idea he had was to screw the hobby tables into the tabletop, so we couldn't take them outside. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> why? So, well, I don't know. It was just a, an idea he had. So he, he, he cracks open the can of chaos black spray. And just starts merrily spraying the the hobby tables back, you know, back, you know flat black, mm-hmm. which then created quite a big cloud of spray dust inside the shop. At which point, he went and got the vacuum cleaner, turned it on, was about to start hoovering up the the, the, the volatile mix of propellant and paint. <laughs> wow! In, was he smoking a cigarette at the same time? Just to, <laughs> into the vacuum cleaner that had no internal spray bag, which is when I turned the plug off and said, "No, we probably shouldn't do that." Yeah, as, as I listened to my fire training. <laughs> <laughs> there was another time that I was trying to put a. I said, oh, I put a nail up so we can hang um, hang the, the apron or something we had for spraying up. And I reached round and had a bit of drywall. And I just grabbed the nearest solid thing I could find and did two thunks into this nail into the wall when I realised it was a spray can. I thought, I probably shouldn't be using that as a hammer. Spray <laughs> 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 oh, God. It's the hobby. You end up doing the weirdest things. But, uh, I, I just like to point out to the the yeah the GHCQ officer we don't we don't do the weirdest things I promise. What's the statute limitations on these things? Uh, I don't know. I'm not googling that either because that... <laughs> that that in itself is probably a crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alex Anderson asks if there was a command card that, if taken, forced your opponent to refer to you only as Long John Fireball McTavish. Or else they concede the game, but it costs five points. Would you take it? Five points? Yeah, I would. My, my question is, well, I've got a couple of questions. One, does it have to be Long John Firewall Metavish, or can it be any moniker of your description? And two, is it limited? Or could I just take such a long moniker so they have to refer to me <laughs> by 15 I, I think... different names? I think he's been very specific. So I think this is only referencing Long John Fireball. So McTavish. in that McTavish, exactly. McTavish. I'll have to write it down. I mean I can't I don't remember people's names when I play them at tournaments anyway. Oh, that's that's the I remember we played um Citadel was one was one of those small oh. small fights. And there was a card fair where you had to address the person in a very specific way, otherwise you'd give them gold. Yes. And the thing is the guy said it once 
and they wouldn't tell anyone what it said was. So everyone's just trying to desperately remember what he said whilst giving up all the gold. It was just, it was just like, oh, oh. it was, it was very frustrating. But it, 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 to be fair, he was playing it exactly right. So, it's like, yeah, I played yeah, five it. points for an auto win card. That's pretty good, though, right? The first, the first, the first time I played Citadel was the head of FFG, the games designer. And uh, three other guys who also worked in, in major studios. And I was completely off my trolley at two in the morning at Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is a pretty good game. And my boss, who was also off his trolley, went over and said, yeah, we sell quite a lot of it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that when your boss isn't quite as drunk as you are. And it's yeah, I know. I messed that up. Found out years later, it's because he swapped to... Uh, he used to drink white wine, and then he swapped to, to water halfway through the night, but still in the wine glass. That's why that's he was, genius. Hey, that's why he was the CEO. He was the most sober yep. man. Yeah. Ah, oh, conventions. Ah, oh, people. Um, I probably wouldn't take it because Long John Fireball McTavish just doesn't doesn't suit me. I wouldn't like to be called that. I wouldn't take it just simply because that's, you know, I want to win the game by actually beating the opponent into submission, not just by some sort of weird... Weird, move. weird. <laughs> it's a bit too meta. No, no, I, I take it because I'll take a win anyway I can, frankly. <laughs> you always when I'm drinking. <coughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Vincent Notjeferhen says... Bless you. <laughs> what is the best airborne formation in mid-war and late-war... And he acknowledges that it's a totally subjective question here, but feel free to have an argument if we have time. And why is it Brits? We've always got time for an argument. We've always got it's time not, for an argument. It's not British as well. Good God. Uh, I'd go with on that one, but yeah. Yeah, but that's because you're wearing a Denison smock as we speak. Oh, that's not the, that's not the only thing Denison I'm wearing. That's uh... the, <laughs> the only thing you're best, wearing. The best airborne <laughs> formation was the mid-war... Um, Forsham Jaeger Pioneer Company <laughs> that I took to the first ever UK Games Expo in version three, maybe even version two, which is when I first met Hammy because he ran that back way, way back in the mist of time. And um, I had enough barbed wire. We played a mission that was lengthways and I could barbed wire off the entire four foot of the board and the opponent only had one tracked vehicle. Oh, because he had uh, a, a recce company. Everything else was wheels and infantry that couldn't cross the bar. We're not pioneers. Oh, so uh, he literally couldn't cross, <laughs> couldn't cross through the barbed wire. So that's that was the best formation for that particular game, and it wasn't British. I think, I think, if you're going to go for like hipstery cool, surely the Italians. Italian airborne? Yeah. That's a command card, isn't it? No. No, they're in the book, aren't they? They're in the mid-war book. There's a... In the... Isn't it in the German? Yeah, in the German airborne book, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the mid-war one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course they are. Yes. Yeah, that's what you... Mine totally isn't still shrink-wrapped on my shelf. Yeah, yeah. That's all the hipster. That's totally not. The same models, yeah. no different models, because they wouldn't have the 
Basergillary feathers. No, they've got different helmets. They've got the jump helmets, though. One's like the big like cork ring around them for when you bash your head in. <laughs> that's, a, that's a British one, yeah. No, I think that it this this looks a bit like the German parahelm. It's quite a it's like a little bucket almost, like a bowl. Beer's on. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, the Brit the British is the British is cool just because if anyone's ever watched the um, a bridge too far, mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not? Bring it the pit. Yep. Why'd you we- carry an umbrella? I never remember the bloody passwords. I'm sorry, we simply don't have the room to take your prisoner. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, museum is incredible. That's what you want. I mean, I actually like the 82nd as well. I always thought the 87 was cool because it's less showy than the 101. <laughs> the more experienced, Tim. They, 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 they were in right from the start of the American involvement. So. Yeah. Yeah. Always get overlooked. Showboating one. Has a bloody bird on it. Yeah. I just wish I had a few um, Fulsham Jaeger original helmets for World War II. Because uh, I could probably be living in a different house. Yes. That stuff gets unbelievably expensive. Yep. And jump trousers and things like that. Vincent's second question is, is he weird if he wants to collect them all, even if, if even if they are obviously cooler than Pokemon? Uh, or, no, well... Well, okay. Well, to, English, well, is, well, English isn't his native language. He does ask if they're obviously cooler than Pokemons. But the plural of Pokemon is Pokemon. See, I didn't know that, so I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. The plural well, of Pokemon is Pokemon. Yeah, you have one Pokemon. You have many Pokemon. No Pokemons. Okay. I'm just yeah. I've got a Christmas card from uh, from them for three years in a row. Pika Pika. I met a guy who made some money for Pokemon. He bought a Lamborghini. Did you? Did you get a dirty Christmas card from Dirty Dirty Squirtle? No, it had a Pikachu and a Santa hat. Which was actually a Christmas tree ornament, which was pretty cool. I mean, technically, Pokemon paid for my car because I got a bonus check, which is how I bought my current car. Wow. Yeah, it's stupid money. Absolutely stupid money. But um, not as much as Lift Landestrom helmets. Well, exactly. I mean, I don't think it's, it's madness to collect them all. That's a lot of infantry to paint, though. A big platoons oh, as well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Because they expect but, a lot of casualties. Scary. They're scary. They're just so fast now. Like, the speed of infantry in version 4 is nuts. Mm. I remember I had my comments when we were playing with the old armies of... Not armies of late war, what was the other one? Armies of V3. Fortress Europe? No, it was armies of late war. I was late. Was you're right? You're right. The first time. Oh, okay. the, uh, yeah, I was late. One. Yeah, when we did it, that was up at um, Battlefield Hobbies, our sponsor here at Shooting Scoot. Um, one of the first tournaments. I had my comets because I knew they wouldn't come out for a while. And fighting off against these 
infantry that were just swarming as Brit Paras. Just the speed at which they could just flank you was just terrifying, especially with this wood nearby. I think it's that they've also got Integral AT. Yeah, because at, yeah, at that point they also they had the Gammon Bombs built in, yep. Yeah, yeah. in Piets and Gammon Bombs. Yeah. <sighs> Just scary. The maligned Piet, but you know. Yeah. So Vincent, build them all, paint them all, send us pictures, and then come play games. Well, we can. Uh, Vic Il Ong asks... How much defenders do you have to kill before it is safe to assault? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> be really safe, all um, of them. If you disable the defenders, they cannot push the button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends how desperate where you are in the, in the game. Because there have been some times that I have launched some very long shot assaults. Yeah. Just, just to keep it in the balance. Just because I opened it, I got, I got no chance of winning. There's, I got a yeah. slim chance all your defensive fire will miss on this assault lands. And then you'll run away and I'll capture the objective. Yeah. yeah. I think we've all launched an assault like that at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's more about pinning and killing. Yeah. Supre- if I can suppress the enemy and flank them to reduce their, fo- their defensive fire, then I'll go in. I'll be sitting oh there, but- my god, flanking. So much fun when you drive uh, drive your tanks into the, the side of a pack 40 line and they realize that they have no defensive shots. And just start making <laughs> the, pack, the Pac-Man noise. You go, oh, and then when your opponent does it to your uh, 25 pounders, and you go, Yeah, but I've got turntables. Yeah, unlucky. Actually, there was a conversation going on on the forum the other day about that, about pack front and about how it's pointless on pack 40s. What? Why? Like, well, because the, the, it allows you to rotate, but that obviously then reduces your field of fire or your rate of fire. So you're just better off sticking oh, flat oh, 36s oh. in. Well, no, just, because because you still keep dug in. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the, the, it was the, the, it's six points worth it on pack 40s for pack front. Probably. Like, yeah. It's not, not as optimal, but still. What you really want to do is stick those those juicy, juicy um, pack forty threes in there. Whoa. I reboxed those the other day. I found my German gun line with its eight pack forty threes. Oh. oh Jesus! Well, you can lose that. That's fine. That can go in. Yeah, no, and never get seen again. Like Indiana Jones, top of the painting tower. All the difficult bits are done on it because it's already they're already made based and sprayed brown so oh god um yeah it depends what you're assaulting with what assault is can be you know can be game winning um but can be very frustrating can be needlessly expensive in lives Um, especially if you end up bailed by defensive fire and then next turn they assault you and you've got no defensive fire mm-hmm. the easy way to lose a couple of teams well i suppose the, the very optimum number is when you've got a less shots than it possibly can take to pin you to stop you going in yeah so if it's less than four four shots coming your way you're guaranteed to get in or but, two um, with the armament yeah 
Yeah, interesting. Assaults. Ernst Udo Peters asks, Lately I noticed that in Team Yankee slash World War 3, there seems to be a disconnect between the real performance of equipment and its performance oh. game. How oh. do you manage to separate the two and optimise the performance of your army in the game? Especially when under like under present circumstances, you have less chances to gain. In other words, I'm tired of losing all the time. Help. Now, I actually reached out to uh, uh, Ernst and asked, what are you playing with? Um, and it turns out that he's, he's using an Afghansty helicopter force. Oh, cool. Which is cool, but he's using it against leopard-wielding ADAT's packed Canadians. <laughs> uh, I, okay. <laughs> which, which, which leads right. to the, the issue <laughs> he may be having <laughs> might be down to the fact he's trying to, you know, he's trying to blunt a pair of scissors with a piece of paper. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, how many ADATs is in there? I'm just I'm just bringing it up now because I closed it. So here's his. Cool, it? So he he's got full Shabong Air Assault Company. Yep. With four eight eight ten Heinz in it, two maxed out platoons. He's got some Carnations, a Raycon BMP two, and some Spiral mm-hmm. anti tank guys. Oh, a storm. Right. Mm-hmm. But his opponent has got uh, a Leopard One Armored Squadron, which has got seven Leopard Ones. Three tow half tracks and two links. In support, he's got three blowpipe M113s. Oh my god! Uh, okay. Right, six ADATs. <laughs> six. Right. Three leopard twos. Which you think? Oh, okay, that's. Are they West Germans then? Uh, no, it's Canadian. Canadian with, you can Canadian with yeah. West German support, right? Yeah. But then the dirty git has got an allied formation of Spartan Reckies. So for 17 points, he's got two Spartan HQs, two Scorpions, four Scimitars, and then four Strikers. Which, to me, me, is a tailored-made... List. That's a rock, so, have you been using this list for a while? Because I think your opponent's sort of cotton on, cotton on to it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would say, why don't you just turn up with T80s? Yeah. Take out the ADATs and the Leopard Twos, and then laugh. What is the ADATs? Leopard Twos just is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that does feel like it's a little bit like tailored. It's got to be tailored. Yeah. That that yeah that feels like someone who knows what's coming. I mean. The ADATs are always going to be a problem, but they're not that they're not that great. They want shot. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, if I wonder you, if you uh... take them out. Has he got um has he got any frog frog feet? Frog foot? Frog fusos? Frog fusos? Let me go back. Yep. He has got so uh Ernst Udo is using He's got the ten strong air assault company with all the added weapons mm-hmm. in. Oh, with four hinds, another ten strong company with all the added weapons with four hinds, a mini aerosol company with two hinds, no, six carnations, one BMP OP, two BMP ones for scout, and then four uh, three storm anti tank guys. 
Yes, yeah. It, it, the tank cover, the tank coverage is a problem, especially if the enemy's got decent anti-aircraft, which they have, to yeah. counter your main tank thing, which is the Heinz. So, um, yeah, that's like I say. You're, you're you're facing a list which is very much designed to beat your list. Yeah. Um, what you could do, it might come down to stances. If you can try and force it, so there's a good chance half his forces off. Yeah. So, it, so you want to go attack go attack as well or go go maneuver so you can start dug in on defense without having to worry about deep reserves he will probably be attacking but a lot of the time his force will be half on half off those missions if I recall correctly I mean he has got no templates got the coronations hasn't he no no sorry that the Canadian for our oh yeah yeah so yeah, it's somewhat more for dealing with infantry yes, apart from the massive mass leopard tanks yeah, so the leopard ones. So if you went if you went defensive and just sat there, yeah, yep. forcing to come to you, leave the helicopters at home. Start with at least until because he's got he's got his BMP one scouts. Have them try and get work a flank to hit the ADATs or something like that, or use the Carnations to hit the hit the ADATs. Rush yeah. the ADATs with your small platoon of infantry. Yeah. I mean, that is, a, that is a dirty list. There's no that's way. Like, the allied formations, are, yeah, the, that's the kicker. The I, yeah, it's designed to kill your infantry once they're in the open. Well, and bring more out, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not my idea. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the swing fire will get a guided missile can target helicopters. But I thought it was the... Oh, no, it's not... I've, it's two Spartans. The... Two yeah. Spartans. The Spartans are just HQ vehicles. They're not the Spartan blowpipes. I think mean, right. the thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because their formation support for Brit Sea can't take them as an ally. Ah, okay. I mean, the thing is, though, if you broke the Leopards, then that's game over, right? Yeah, and, and the Spigot missile in the infantry will deal with Leopards from afar. Well, the spirals on the. And the storms yeah, as well, yeah. The storms and your um, Heinz will do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, the, the, the Heinz will kill, will kill everything in that list as long as the ADAS doesn't get them. So, the how do you take. I guess the question is thinking about it, how do you kill the ADATs? That's that's actually what it boils down to. If you can kill the ADATs, well, in that list. Blow pipes, yeah. Blow pipes. Blow pipes aren't that scary. No, I suppose not. Yeah. Like it's the ADATs. If you can get rid of those, how, so how do you get rid of the ADATs without them taking you out first? How do you kill ADATs? It's got to be the Carnations and hitting them with, let's like, say, the small infantry and the BMPs. Swamp them. Or you swamp could them, like you say, them? but yeah. Could you swamp them with all your your, your hinds? What you do is you split your hinds up into what into into troops into like little separate yeah. flights. That way, the enemy's got to target, you know, assign one ADATS to each helicopter because they're six inches apart, no more than six inches apart, so the shots won't overlap. Um, oh, yeah, this, this is uh, your field. You know what tactic. I think happened? Hmm? I reckon, uh, reckon uh, Zudo's going, I'll attack because that's what I'll do with my Afghanistan. They're designed to attack. Yeah. The opponent's going defensive, sticking the Leopard 2s and, you know, four scimitars in reserve because that's 40 odd points so he's got the rest of it on the board and he's just picking apart the attackers as they come in 
That's what I'm saying. That's why you don't attack. You want to go, like I say, yeah. you want to go maneuver or something to force force the force to be off, but you have you in the defensive yeah. position or something like that. So also, way, but without, you can't go defend because if you do, you run the risk of deep reserves to screw the army up because it's helicopter helicopter based. Isn't deep reserved only about front armor? No, helicopters as well. You can only have oh, really? yeah. You can only have one unit on, so helicopters or armor over that um, threshold. Well, that that means they only have two platoons in reserve. I mean, you hit that other thing, which apparently things can only go. In, you can only put the stuff like the Carnations and the Storms run into the issue where with Gansty, but in Afghanistan, the air assault bits can't be placed in reserve. They've got to be oh, really? on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you've got can to be heavy difficult. Support, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you've got a very, it seems like two lists that are designed. Well, one list that's designed around a particular. You know, I'm a pair of scissors, and the opponent's got to build a rock, which is always just going to blunt you. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what would happen if you took a balanced tank force and just didn't turn him and turned up with that and see how he plays then. <laughs> yeah. Although that is a brutal list still. That that you know six ADATs is is pretty six ADATs. It, that's going to upset your plans. Yeah. The focus the focus is basically if you. If you can take out these AA assets with your helicopters or before they, they kill your helicopters, then use the helicopters to kill the leopards. Because, you, you know, you've got... Oh, you've murdered those leopards. Yeah. Seven leopards and the lynxes. You know, if you can break those platoons, you, you don't care about the rest because they're support and allied formations. They won't keep them on the board. It's a, it's a, it's a brutal list. I mean, yeah, just it's just the thing I always think about the ADATs is the the fact that they're multi-purpose. So like everyone else is sinking significant amounts of points into, you know, anti-tank or anti-air assets, and then if no one turns up, the other thing, "Eh." the other thing the guy could be doing is putting all of his entire Leopard One Armored Squadron in reserve, because that's thirty points. If you do that and your core formation never turns up, it can't be broken. Does it work like that? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Like, if it never, t- it's got to turn up at some point. Well, it will turn up at some point, but by that point, the rest of your arm, the rest of his brutal support and medium recce squadron has already massacred everything else. Mm. Is this a friendly game? This doesn't feel like a friendly game. Doesn't feel like a friendly game. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, let us know how it goes, Ernst, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, if not, we'll send the boys around. If not, we'll send the boys around, or send, yeah. you, <laughs> send you some T-80s, which yeah. <laughs> sounds like what you need. Uh, Luke Anthony asks, would like to ask you guys, as you know, the BF game seemed better than him. Um, if he decided to publish hard copies of his rules, like an alternative armies of Europe, Africa, and Asia, etc., do we think that people would buy the book at all? It's thinking of writing more rules... But hasn't really seen anyone using them in games or making or painting armies using the works. Oh. I think you're well, always going to struggle because they're not official. No. And then you'll get a B29 turn up. Yeah, I was going to say about the B29. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in this case, yeah. I mean, they're, 
they're cool rules to play stuff with, but if you could, if there's no analog for an official list, then that's going to be limiting. I would have thought. So the, the the best thing I've seen with stuff like this is when people have come up with stuff, and they've they've reached out to Battlefront and said, "Are you interested in?" Yeah, be fair. I think Luke has in the past tried reaching out. Oh, is he? Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know the background to all of this. He, he's the guy that wrote the three uh, Marine Soviet Marine articles that we published as guests. Oh, I obviously read those. Honest. Yeah. Um, I think he's done quite a lot of work on other other lists. Um, yeah. Oh, quite a yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think that the, it's always tricky. It's always tricky when you're making product for other people's product. Um, yeah, we ran into it a lot with. Well, sorry, we. I say I. I ran into it a lot with other games. Um, and then you get into the whole. The whole copyright infringement slash thing, which can all get very, very messy. Mm. Uh, especially if you're writing stuff directly for a rules, the rule set. But yeah. they can't copyright NATO forces. No. The force no. Or, well, well, that's saying... that workshop changed, you know, it's no longer the Imperial Guard because you can't copyright the Imperial Guard because that's a thing. But you yeah. can copyright Astro Militarium. Yeah, and you can also uh, copyright fish elves yeah <laughs> so uh, I, I think it'd be a bold move to print especially yeah in the hardback I I think a lot of people would look at that and go right how can I use what already exists to play this if that makes sense like the because yeah. I looked at the Soviet Marines and they you can definitely run like a traditional um I can't remember if it's a BTR or a BMP company, if that makes sense. So you're using lots of analog vehicles and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I think to actually say this is an Italian army for this game system that already exists, I think it, you might that might be a um, a leap it's too far. Yeah. yeah. You know. Not that it's not cool. It's just I don't think you, the take up would necessarily be there, and you might run a you know, run into some challenges and difficulties. Yeah, I mean, the 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 copyright element aside, if you can get to a print on demand service, but even then, like, how many people are going to spend hard on? It's weird what people will and won't spend money on in in the yeah. hobby. <laughs> you know, it's it's really bizarre. And you you see, I've seen some amazing products just fall by the wayside because people just don't want to spend that much on. You know, a gaming case, or you know, yeah. If it's not figures, yeah, it's like terrain, isn't it? They won't spend money on terrain, but they spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on the figures. But anyway, uh, remove safe box. Yeah, yeah. Garth Wiltshire asks, "Flames of War, Mid War Italians." Italians get a lot of love recently. Eight point eight centimeter guns or lanciers, and why? But you can't say both. Oh, that's easy, easy question. Yeah, both. No. <laughs> Cheat. That's yeah, it. lanciers. Lanciers. Yeah. Lanciers. Because they can move. Yeah, they look cool. That's what I was going. We were going to look cool thing, but yeah, oh. sure. Also, yeah, there are some game bunches. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was just thinking that just yeah, they, they and they're Italian. 
Well, the eight eight point eight centimeters were Italian made. <laughs> Under life. Okay. Oh yeah, they didn't look like a flat thirty six at all. Well, they are. Yeah, I don't. What's a nightmare? Is it a nightmare gun on the on the? On the... Yeah, it's ninety million one. on a lance here. Yep. That extra two mil, all the difference. Yep. But yeah, I, I like the lances. I think they they look unique as well. Yeah. The, the trouble, the difference between the two is you can't dig the lances in. That's true, and they've only got five up save, I think. Yes. Before they explode everywhere. But they do have a gun shield to the front, so long. Yes. The artillery will is a bit more the issue. Yeah. So you can you can drive away from the repeat artillery bombardment and keep them alive that way. Yeah. But the concealment is harder because you can't dig them in in the open. And they're a massive honking great gun. And you're a massive honking great gun, but you do get a gun shield. So it's it's six and one half dozen the other, which is why, you know, ideally, both. <laughs> yeah, you can you take both? I'm not sure you can. You, there's two slots. There's two slots. Take. I think you can. Yeah. So why, why are you taking more than one of each? I, I find they can, because I remember playing Rex King and he had um, the static one and Balancia, so there must be a way of taking both. Yeah. Ideally, you just want one of each. I thought I thought there was only two boxes for them. They're pretty soon two boxes, but still, does you have one of each because there's two boxes? Yeah, I'm just saying that. But why buy why, why more than one in each box? That's the optimum number, surely. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, four lances is awesome. <laughs> four lances is a lot of points with a five-up save. Yes, but it's a lot of dead Churchills. I imagine it would be. Yeah. Or insert another unit here. Yeah, insert some kind of armour that's now got no armour. Now not there anymore. Or or is completely bailed out, as as is my usual luck with these things. Oh, yeah, because it's three out of five power. <laughs> I hit you. I penetrate. Ah, oh, you bailed. Oh, look, you jump back in. Yes. Actually, what we're just talking about bailout, I can't believe that, that's, that those, the command cards completely invalidates the... Um, statistics of the tank. Mm-hmm. So you know we were talking that someone asked it on the the Facebook group this week, and I got it completely wrong. Where if you take a command card for the SS and it turns them all to fearless, yeah, detected yeah. ammo doesn't doesn't matter. Well, yeah, you don't really get an advantage. I, I see what you're saying, yeah, but uh... it just it just exists doesn't exist. Your protected ammo on your Panzer four goes. Eh, you don't have that anymore. You oh, just... really? It overrides yeah. the whole box. Yeah. yeah. That's what I can believe. Yeah, I thought it would just be like, oh yeah, it still stacks with protected ammo to give you a two-up remount, which would make it worthwhile on the Panzer Four, you know, as an option. It might not be great, but it would at least give you, uh, you know, some advantage over the Stug, for example. Yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah. And I want to know why. I want to know I want what answers. Answers in a postcard. Yeah, at Phil Yates. At Phil Yates. Yeah, Battlefront Towers. Uh, Patrick B. Lou asks, too many Heinz? There's no such thing. How dare you suggest it? <laughs> well, as we're talking about doing 20-odd Heinz, this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, so, many, how many did you work out the maximum was? So, what's the thing we were working out the other day? Because if you go with Syrians, um, oh, you go with Sy- Syrians as your main force, I mean, and then, so they have two helicopter slots. So that could be eight Heinz. And then have Afghansty um, allied formation, and that would then give you another twelve hinds. So for a maximum of twenty, for a twenty hinds. 
But I like your idea the other day, Duncan, of having um, Uranians with Afghanistan support. So you got those, um, you got the Cobras instead. Yep. Because they're only five points each, I think, as well, yeah. or six points. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty cost effective, and that's a lot of toes. Yeah. I think you can do something similar with the Iraqis, can you? So you can have the gazelles and with the hot missiles. And... Well, so, 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 yeah, the Syrians, because they, the, they, they can take Iraq, um, Soviet allies, but, they, but the Syrians still had access to the gazelle with the hot missile, yep. Yep. So you probably want to go all Heinz. You probably want to say, like, go two two flights of gazelles with hot for that real heavy hitting anti tank, and then, like you say, then have the Afghanistan bring the Heinz to go up close and personal. I think if you use the the Heinz like they use them, like we we're talking about before, like fighter bombers, that yeah. would be quite terrifying because you'd have the gazelles standing off. And yeah, I suppose you could almost mimic it with Spiral Two, maybe Heinz. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, having those a few standing off and just pinging shots off and then everything else sort of sweeping terrifyingly forward and just mm. blasting stuff with 57 mil rocket pods and Gatling cannons and God knows what else they've got on them just yeah. festooned with stuff you can't fire the ATGWs and stationary is that right? On a hind, no, you can be, you can it always assume you're moving with the hind that's what it's yeah, got but sorry, I meant on the other ones the oh they're the static yeah 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 yeah. So the Heinz, you can actually blast everything. So actually, you're better off on mass coming in, just drilling everything that moves. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything. Everything. Unless your opponent has bought six ADATs <laughs> and blowpipes. And blowpipes. And, at which and point? And a min-max uh, leopard one list with <laughs> and a support. Bloody hell! And a support. <laughs> Recce company just to get the machine gun shots to kill your infantry. That's just not. That's just not cricket. I, 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 no, it's not. It's probably curling, I it's think, or ice cool. hockey at that point. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm getting to the age. You know, getting getting on in years. When I'm sitting there going, I watched a bit of the test matches on TV. I was like, oh, I could do with a bit of cricket in a bit. Oh, I, love, I love the cricket. That would be the non non hobby uh, shoot and scoot. What? <laughs> cricket. Cricket match. Us watching cricket while you two enjoying it while Lee is slowly going to stare crazy and just trying to work out various ways of ending it all. <laughs> no, because we'll go to cricket, we'll get some beers in us, and then we'll end up talking about Flames of War anyway. Oh, watching it live, that's different. Watching yeah, it live yeah. is perfectly, it's perfectly, it's perfectly fine. It's watching it on TV, I, I, I draw a line at. It's the only way I can enjoy it at the moment. Um, <laughs> Stephen Brew asks, if you could only keep one of your armies, which one would you choose and why? Oh my god! I can't do that. I can't it's do this. Like safest right. choice, but with important. Um, uh, oh my god! Which of your children do you prefer? <laughs> um, I could only keep one of my armies. I think I'd go British. My British powers. Yeah. Yeah, many because many it will do both mid-war and late war, pretty much. Um, it's it's a pretty big force, so I've got plenty of options. I could vary it up and do air landing with it one day, or parachutes with it the other day, or yeah. Okay. If so, I've got two answers. The first one is I would keep my resin late war tigers because I've got enough resin and metal models there that I could probably sell them. To, in order to, to enable me to fund three more armies. 
I couldn't sell them and had to keep it, keep it, then it would probably be a US Sherman list. Really? Because I could run that, like Lee said, mid, early, late, and late, late. So I'm just going to say Germans. There we go. <laughs> I would keep the entirety of the German army. One army. No, um, I don't know. That's really hard because all of my stuff's bloody niche. Um, he says turning around. I think it's it would just... have to be. I don't know. Oh, it might be... Do you know what? It might have to be the Egyptians for fate of a nation. If it, if it was literally like of the set of models, you know, there was a, a fl- you know, lava was coming and I could only cram Save one army in a case, mm-hmm. that would be my Lifflandishdom. My only were German glider ball guys. Well, that's, that's the question, Eddie, though. You know, you can have yeah, that's, that's, you know, if it was for the models, that's what I would do. That's not what the but, question asked. Christian said, one. Which one? No, because then I, I would then go and buy other ones to play with. That makes sense. But, no, if that sounds like cheating. If it's, if it's which, of the, which, of the, which of the models do I like to keep the most, that's what I would keep. For army, if I could only ever have one army going forward, yeah, it would be Sherman's. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Mm. Rules writing hard, Steve. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Someone's always going to game it. Um, Jacob Hopkins, who's a top fan, whoop, whoop, asks, uh, thank you for the excellent advice last episode about defeating the armoured rifle rush. You must be uh, thinking of a different podcast. I'm... Yeah, I don't know what advice we gave. <laughs> I don't know, wait, he hasn't, he hasn't had a chance to play a game yet, so he won't know it's right. Oh, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, it's good. It works on paper, not so much in real life. Yeah, uh, paper panzer. Yeah, this time a Team Yankee question. Is the T eighty shot company really worth taking over the higher numbers of the T eighty battalion? Nope. Next no. question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't. I don't think it is. I think the hit on four plus doesn't matter because you've got armor twenty or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, oh no, you're hit a bit more often. Oh, how terrible! However, my armor twenty. Yeah, but defensive fire side arcs that can help. Why are you assaulting? Because you have to, because of the mission. Nah, I've well, that. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I, I think it's a very. I think I'm glad they put in. I think it's a very good list for beginners to get, you know make the headway into doing Soviets. I just think you eventually get go towards in the non-shock one just simply because it's better to have. Oh yeah, there's holes, wrong, there. holes in the table. Yeah, yeah. That's, you stole stole the words right out of my mouth, Lee. Yeah, it's not a bad list. It's just must have been while you were kissing me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday night at Monty's Meat Grinder. None of that. I'll end up with a bloody eight hundred pound fine for breaking COVID rules. <laughs> yeah, this loving envelope sealed with a kiss. Please disinfect for two weeks. <laughs> and that is the end of an officer answers because I cut and pasted the first question into the last place for some reason. All right. <laughs> Which so we, we're doing it again. So this is what I asked Bill, Bill, Bill A. Scott's question about building a BF community in an area that doesn't sell BF products. There you go. I think, I think we're done. I think, I think we're done, mate. Scoot then. Scooty-dee-shooty. 
So tonight's dice is one of the custom dice, and it's a corn dice. Corn? It's red with a big dead candy symbol on its side. Is it vegetarian? Yeah, yeah corn. It's a Linda McCartney. <laughs> and a very, very angry Linda McCartney. <laughs> oh, she'll be writhing in her grave. Oh, poor Linda McCartney. So, so what do you reckon a skill level of corn is? <laughs> what, for a shoot and scoot? Six. Oh, he's he's got to be six. He's not good. He's got to be six to run away. He's running the yeah. opposite direction. Well, next you can go are. forward, can't you? You can go forward, which is quite a scary tactic I've seen some people use. Yeah, shoot and scoot forward. I, it's one of the things Martin told me to do in my grants. Cause I, I was, said, shoot them, but then do you got nothing to lose. Try and shoot and scoot them. They can just keep rolling forward as you're doing it. Like, rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit better than uh, Blitz sometimes. Yeah. If I don't need to move to get to shoot, I might as well shoot and then take a zero-risk move afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a four, so we didn't scoot. No. <laughs> so, unsurprisingly, uh, frenzied... Frenzied corn berserker. You can't roll an eight on the dice, that's why. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, niche in-jokes right there. <laughs> do they still do that in 40k? Does it probably banned all that stuff? No, I don't think the sacred numbers are necessarily a thing. Well, that was really cool. I used to, yeah. Used to incorporate that. Mm-hmm. Same here. I think everyone did. Let's bring it back. Let's petition Battlefront. Battlefront? <laughs> At Phil. Yeah. Exactly. At Phil Yates. It's not Please even my game. Please <laughs> state games workshop sacred numbers. Yeah. No, just bring me in for Team Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Oh, dear God. That'll definitely work. It's all fine. <laughs> that should be slanish, so they can be sixes. <laughs> oh, the Arbitrary Breakthrough Podcast you've been listening to with Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of World Podcast from the team of Breakthrough Assault the Code UK. I was brought to you by support for Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and a nice beer cake from Bedlam Brewery. Is it disappeared now? Um, it's a bit lighter than it was. <laughs>